Everybody and welcome to the last ones in where being late to the party isn't a bad thing. I am your host, Dry Archuleta. To the right of me, we have E. Hello. And straight in front of me, we have Robbie. Hey, guys. And the movie that we're going to be taking a look at this week is National Lampoon's Vacation, starring Chevy Chase. And if you want to watch along with us before listening to the rest of the podcast, you can do so on Hulu with a subscription. Or you can rent it from all the usual places, Amazon, YouTube, Vudu, for three ninety nine dollars SD, and then higher prices for HD and whatnots. So, uh, E, how you doing? I am extremely tired. Yeah? That's pretty par for the course, to be honest. School and whatnot? Yeah. That's Kind of excited. I got a game tournament tomorrow. Ooh, fun. That is pretty good. Smash or Rivals? Yes. Oh, both? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a big tournament then. Are they two separate tournaments, or are they connected? Uh, it's, like, one big one that has all the games playing at, like, various intervals, kind of. Oh, and you're just kind of doing both? Yeah. Is this one going to be streamed? Maybe. I can't guarantee I'll be on stream. Oh. That was fun last time. <laughs> We're not eating glue this time. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Robbie, how are you doing? Um, also tired, but for different reasons, mostly work-related stuff. Uh, people know I work nights, so... I'm on a totally different schedule than Dry and E is. You know, he has to protect uh, all the moats. Make sure no one gets into the castle. Mm-hmm. Listen, oh. the Black Knight has been at that moat for months now. I had to keep just keep an eye on him. <laughs> Make sure the just, alligators are fed. Can you imagine if we still just had castles? <laughs> like, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> every Everybody's village would just be a military thing. I'm like, well, it's Jim, and you know Jim. He gets drunk at night, so just, you know, make sure to watch him. <laughs> But other than that, I'm also kind of in the process of moving. I'm going to be moving next week, which might make next week a little bit hectic, but I should still hopefully be on the podcast next week. It's hopefully. a 50-50. I'm hoping so, though. But with moving and just dealing with normal work stuff, I've been a little bit stressed out, a little bit tired, but getting through. But also with all those things, on top of having our anti-love month and uh, it just being a downer and having kind of low energy with the last one, I thought it'd be nice for us to just have like a little vacation from sad movies with the National Lampoon's vacation. And this is going to be Robbie's last episode, unfortunately. <laughs> you guys don't understand my humor at all. <laughs> and how's the host this fine week then? Mostly good. Mostly good. I accidentally sprayed myself in the face with chlorine at work today. Did you live? Is, is that I'm still alive. Besides that, everything is going great. It's good. So, um... I have seen National Lampoon's Vacation quite a bit. It's a classic comedy that I try and watch every once in a while, just keep it refreshed in my mind. Yeah. Robbie obviously has seen it quite a bit. I have seen it. Uh, I honestly haven't seen it since I was a kid. Really? Really. But oh. uh, it's one of those, like, we had our anti-love month. Uh, we had, like, mm-hmm. a little bit of drama towards the end of it, and we were. I was looking for movies, and I was thinking of doing something a little bit more lighthearted for this, and this is the first movie that came to mind, even though this is a... 1980s R-rated comedy. It's still lighthearted. Yeah, it is. Especially in comparison to what we we watched last month. If you took a couple of scenes out of this movie, it could be a PG or a PG-13 oh, definitely. easily. Uh, they, they purposefully made it R-rated in yeah. that sense. Like, you take a couple scenes out, it is definitely just a PG or PG-13 rated movie. But I think they pushed to have certain jokes in there. And 
Yeah. A couple of facts I found out about them. You know, it's one of those things with National Lampoon is that uh, during the commentary at one point in time, they did say that you don't know where the top is until you start pushing towards that top. And so, like, that's the thing is they're always pushing for crazier comedy, which is why a lot yeah, of the mean, movies are rated R. You can definitely see that through all of their history, I can Definitely. I can but, of course, the, <laughs> the last one in here is E. Hi, I don't even know who National Lampoon is. It's just a, it's like a brand. Yeah. It started off at Harvard, actually, fun fact. It started the off University. as Harvard. It was a magazine company at one point in time, yeah. too. And then they started making movies. This is, I think, their second movie that they made for National Lampoon, with Animal House being the first. I think that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they uh, think of like a cracked comedy or like a mad TV magazine sort of thing. Oh, okay. Before they were cracked in magazine. Before those. Yeah. <laughs> this was like, and like they start off as just being a lampoon, a joke on the Harvard paper, actually. Ah. So it was actually just like stuff on campus at first, and then it got wider and wider and wider as they went on. Yeah. National Lampoon was very much a pioneer for most of the tropes you see in comedy these days. Yeah. Uh, the people behind it are involved in a lot of or, or at least were for some time involved in a lot of the comedies that you would probably know uh to this day going back on thinking of like what a classic comedy is or ones i like would that. know so you, by name you would know them not okay. by having seen them <laughs> but by name you would definitely have heard of a lot of the things that people who start off at lampoons uh went on and put their filthy little grubby hands in but, so e yes hello since you are a, a once again all the pressure's on you here oh Uh, what do you think this movie is going to be about okay so there's this man and he has a family and he's (laughs) quite tired of his suburban life so he decides we need to go on a vacation so they rent an rv and they start traveling across america uh and they go from the middle of america to the top left down to mexico (laughs) And then back to the middle of America. Okay. Uh, it is rated R, I have been told. So I think at one point, the man gets his foot run over by a car and yells, son of a bitch. <laughs> That's what you think gets an R? Yeah. Son of a bitch? Is that not? No. I mean, it's, if it's a lot of sons of bitches. Yeah. I thought bitch was one of the ones you can't say. No, you can say no. bitch. Oh. Uh, one of the, I think the only thing that like defines language-wise between PG-13 and R-rated is fuck. Son of a fuck, then. Yeah. I, w- I would yell out son of a fuck if my foot got run over. That's a good point, actually. That being said... Uh, oh, no, wait, I got it. They they refer to fuck in the sexual manner. That's what the R is. I got it. But that is one thing. Uh, with PG-13 rated movies, they are allowed to say fuck at least once. Yep. And it can't be like, we're gonna fuck kind of fuck. It oh, has yeah. to be like, <laughs> like, that guy's a fucking asshole kind of fuck. If anybody in just the normal world life just says, we're gonna fuck, that's... A bad person, because yeah. normal people that's don't say that. Creepy. <laughs> it's a little creepy, <laughs> a little bit. Um, that's pretty close, actually. Yeah, I would neat. say it's not. Yeah, it's not too far off. But I guess. Oh, wait, and then they all learn a life lesson, and they stare into the sunset at the end. All right. <laughs> now I'm done. <laughs> okay. Roll credits. <laughs> yep. And it's like, and it plays a 2000s pop song. Uh, ironically, though. And ironically, you can't tell it's ironic because two thousands pop song a from an 80s movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a two thousands pop song ironically. That's played how ironic it is in a movie made in nineteen eighty three. Cool. Okay, it's eighties. It's gonna be like, don't you forget about me? I think that might have been later. Still, dang it. Yeah, yeah. That actually was later. Uh, the movie you're thinking about that any eighties movie? <laughs> well, mostly any eighties movie after the Breakfast Club. 
Yeah. Uh, well, this Fair is enough. before the Breakfast Club because yeah. one of the characters in the Breakfast Breakfast Club is in this movie, and he's 14 years old in this movie. Yeah, a little babby. I bet that would make more sense if I watched Breakfast Club and knew what oh, the characters' ages. Do were. not oh, worry, we're getting there. Yeah, that is. We gotta wait for down. National Breakfast Month. But anyways, we should probably read the back of the box. Hitch a ride in hilarious high def with a comedy classic where all roads lead to laughter. Everything is planned, packed, and about to go hilariously wrong. The Griswolds are going on vacation in this driver's seat of Clark Griswold, played by Chevy Chase, and every man eager to share the open road with the wanders of family togetherness. Myriad misshapes crude kin, or kin Randy, played by Randy Quaid, encounters, encounters with the temptress, played by Christy Berkeley. Financial woes, Aunt Edna, cannot read her name, <laughs> on the roof, and one security guard, played by John Candy, and 2,460 miles later, it's a wonder the Griswolds are together. There's never been a family vacation like it, except maybe yours, and that helps explain why National Lampoon's vacation remains so popular and so very funny. Yeah, it's the first, or one of the first, I would say, instances think, of a road trip movie. I think it actually was the first, like... I'd have to Google it to make sure, but I think this was well, like... about Dracula when they road trip to Transylvania? Dracula's from Transylvania. Yeah, the other people road trip to there. I mean, that's like the first two minutes of the movie. Yeah, that's yeah. a road or trip. Or 50 pages of a book. That's <laughs> roughly how it translates, I think. <laughs> I mean, if you want to go into details with that, I guess like the first most of King Kong takes place on the boat ride over there. See? Yeah. Well, Which that's not on the road, though. No. That's close to a road. It's a boat trip. But yeah, like... Um, <laughs> There was a slew of copycat movies that were just road trip movies that kind of based their idea off of this movie. So yeah. I think Disney took a couple shots at. Oh, definitely them. made some teeny boppers. Some teeny boppers. And I think yeah. it, it what might is actually that? Been people. It's like movies for tweens. Is that a term? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my tweeny... grandparents thought it so to me. Tweeny bopper terms is just like you know back in the nineties whenever we used to watch things like Boy Meets World and Boy Meets all... World is very good. yeah uh, like you know like all those Disney kid car- or cartoons and TV shows and stuff like that like all of the yeah, actors yeah. who are in those movies they're considered to be teeny boppers or tweeny boppers huh it's a term that has not really been used since the nineties I think we should bring it back let's bring if it you back. see a teeny bopper please feel free to call it as a teeny bopper <laughs> just you know if you just notice it. Yeah. <laughs> if you go to your local cinema and you're like, that's a teeny bopper. Make sure there's like a bunch of children around too when you say that. Yeah. Just to point at them too and just, teeny bopper! That's a teeny bopper! <laughs> Start pointing at them and just aggressively saying it to them. Yeah. That's how people like you in public, I think. Exactly. And then they give you free popcorn and movies for life. That'd be great. <laughs> that's totally <laughs> how the world works. I, that, well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I've been eating popcorn in months. What? Yeah. When would I have last eaten it? Anytime. I don't own popcorn. You mean you don't own popcorn? Nobody owns popcorn. <laughs> you don't own popcorn? You never buy popcorn? You buy po- You don't own food, though. That's not how food works. You don't own food. You buy it, and then you own the food. What do you mean? Like, no. If somebody, like, comes up to me, and, like, I have a, a box of popsicles, for instance, and they're like, hey, do you have anything cold to eat? I'm not going to be like, yeah, I own a six-pack of popsicles. I like, would. I, why not? Because you would say, I have popsicles. Would you, you like a popsicle? It. So I was like, hey, do you have any fucking popcorn? I'm like, I don't own any popcorn. Also, that person is rude because there's, hey, do you have any fucking popcorn? Like, they're just Listen, entitled to popcorn. for Netflix to chill. Oh, oh. Is that how that ooh. works? Do you eat popcorn and just... And just, yeah, you just cuddle. That's... <laughs> just curse just a lot. That's all it is. Yeah, you cuddle and you think about horses. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. I think it's about time that we pause this and... 
go and check the movie out. Oh, wait, last thing, Robbie. What's it rated R for? It actually does not say. Some drug. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely some drug. One language. Okay. <laughs> what if they had to like list all those things off like a like a nutrition label where it's like <laughs> seventeen fucks, sixteen bitch. For real, that's like what Liz's Catholic paper does. Like it tells you like all the sins, and then like if it's morally offensive, it doesn't rate it if it's a good movie. It rates it how morally offensive the movie is. Ooh. I watch him reading that newspaper, and he just chuckles to himself. <sighs> that's while he hilarious. Reads it. I'm angry every I time remember I read we, it. I remember he showed me the Avengers one. It was. So Silly. I'm, I'm angry every time I read every review. But yeah, they saved Harriet came out months ago. They saved the review for it for February. <laughs> it was a good movie. People clapped. I never saw it. It came out but months surprise, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe you didn't go to the theater. I, I feel like the last time I went to the theater was for Detective Pikachu. No, Spider Man, right? Detective Pikachu was after that. I don't know. We'll figure that out. Wait, when which Spider Man? <laughs> Far from home. Oh, maybe. When did that come out? <laughs> I don't remember. Okay. Okay. We'll have an answer yeah. to you when we come back. When we come back. <laughs> and we'll see. We're going to watch this movie. We'll be right back. And we are back. And to answer the burning question that we left off with of what was the last movie E went and saw in theaters, Detective Pikachu or Spider-Man Far From Home, the answer E is Midsummer. Yeah, so it was yeah. neither of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Did a quick I, Google search, and yeah, it turns out that was the last movie he saw. And if I remember correctly, you had a panic attack watching that movie. And I did. It was now not you just fun. Don't, yeah, now you just don't go to the movies with Dry anymore. Yep, it's, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I took him opening night to go see that movie, knowing full well he didn't like horror movies. Expecting it not to be very horrible, and uh, he, didn't, he, didn't, uh, he didn't take it very well. No, uh, I remember... As I was watching it, I started having a bit of a panic attack when the flutes were playing, yeah. and you were like, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, that part was... Because that part was pretty nice. That was a pleasant part of the movie. It's because the flutes are just slightly off. Rhythmic. Well, yeah. Anyways, this is not about Midsommar. Uh, I won't no. be on that podcast when it is. <laughs> Why yeah. not? You've already there, seen it. <laughs> there are going to be podcasts where we watch horror movies that E just will not be here. <laughs> it's very likely. Speaking of horror movies... We watched Tom Clancy's Vacation. <laughs> <laughs> National Lampoon's Vacation. National Lampy's Vacation. So Tom right. Clancy's Vacation would be a a very different movie. I would yeah. still watch it. We are talking so, about National Lampoon's National Vacation. National Lampoon's Vacation. So with yes, sir. this being the first time you've watched it, E, what did you think of the movie? Is quite enjoyable, and man, was it way more aggressive than I imagined. <laughs> In a good way, though. Yeah. Like, for being an R-rated movie from the 80s, it actually is kind of a feel-good movie. Uh, uh, sure. I mean, just like, <laughs> when I hear an R-rated movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. And then, like, just watching it, it's insane how much actually happened. But, uh, yeah, quite. it was quite enjoyable. Definitely a... um. Would you say it's a buy, rent, stream? I'd say rent. I don't know if I think anyone needs to specifically own this movie, but if you want to watch like a like a satirical take... I don't even know if you could call it a satirical take on Teamy Bopper type movies because it seems like it came before most of them. Oh, yeah. Interesting, because it feels like a satirical take, but you can't really be a satire of something that doesn't exist yet, I would say. I think it was just kind of a satire of like... A- American, America. <laughs> American suburban living, in yeah. a sense. White people. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite enjoyable. Uh, if you're like me and haven't like heard about this movie, it will probably surprise you. It probably will, but also like if you've seen road trip movies but you have not seen this one yet, you'll probably see a lot of things like, oh, they did that in this movie. They did that in this movie, yeah. and this movie started those things. It's. I think it's probably hard going back to a lot of movies like these that are considered huge classics because like in your head over all these years you're like oh it's such a cliche but like when this came out it wasn't a cliche this was like a fresh idea yeah Yeah, it's it's the seinfeld effect like the simpsons effect no the seinfeld effect (laughs) seinfeld effect yeah where seinfeld was one of the first and created a lot of the cliches and then when you go back to watch seinfeld it happens and it's already a cliche yeah but it's the seinfeld effect it's not the simpsons effect i've never heard of this effect either (laughs) How are you teaching me so many things this episode? (laughs) See, I do a lot of watching online reviewers who like to sound smart by looking up terms on uh, whatever that website is with all the terms for movies and TV shows. Yes. (laughs) What is is that website? Um, Pornhub? (laughs) I I mean, I haven't gone to Pornhub, so sure, that one too. But what is the TV tropes? That's what I'm thinking. There's just a site for TV tropes? I'm surprised you haven't gone on there. That seems really up your alley. No, I just watch stuff, yo. Well, I don't need if a you website wanna, to tell me. If you ever lose, want to lose like seven hours of your life, feel free to go to TV tropes and just look at tropes. And if I need to lose seven hours of my life, I'll just go into the shower and cry like a normal person. <laughs> That's some cold water. I mean, after Eventually. hour four, sure. But at that point, you're too dehydrated to what notice. What fucking <laughs> shower do you have? You get four hours of nice water? Well, I don't know. How much vodka are you drinking? <laughs> None. What? That's the problem. Like, what? <laughs> the more vodka you drink, the nicer the shower gets. Well, then it doesn't matter how many hours you're in the shower. Exactly. So why four? I don't know. <laughs> seems like a good round number to end it off on. <laughs> hey, Robbie, if you wanted to buy Red Stream Ben Lentz this movie, what would you... Well, I was going to Ben Lentz the movie. <laughs> I would say, like, yeah, this is a classic movie. It is, like... It has a lot of those classic tropes. Uh, like you were saying, it has the Seinfeld effect, or as I've known it, the Simpsons effect, because they talk about a lot of TV shows that copy the Simpsons, but the Simpsons has been on for so long that it's hard not to copy them because they've had to do so many things to try to stay fresh. But um, it is that sense, like a lot of road trip movies, like there are ones that don't really trope off of this one. Like they kind of do their own thing, but nevertheless, it's still a road trip movie. But this one has what you'd say as a lot of cliches. I would say this is one of those movies, like, it's hard to say, like, if you're into the classic comedies, this is definitely, like, one of those buys. This is uh, one of those movies that's probably just going to go on through time and always be a classic. So it is one of those, if you're a collector of movies, this is definitely a buy to add to your collection. But if you're just kind of unsure about it, then they have this on Hulu and you can stream it on there to just try it out. Or you can always rent it from all the usual places for about four bucks if you're unsure. I will say for how cheap you can go out there and buy it. It is such an easy buy. If you're not a person that cares about DVD, Blu-ray, 4K type of thing, then you can go and... Well, if you want to find it on cassette, that'll be maybe a little more difficult. But, I mean, you can go out there and probably find a $5 copy at Walmart in in the discount bin or something like that. Oh, yeah. I imagine... Check Goodwill. Maybe someone has it on VHS there. It's very possible, honestly. But, yeah, I mean, this is such a classic movie, and it's still really, really funny. And... Has kind of edgy humor still, I would say, in a something bit, that yeah. would be kind of difficult to get away with in now. Like good edgy humor. Good edgy, not like Sonic the Hedgehog edgy. I'll fight you on that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Shadow. <laughs> That's not Sonic, though. But yeah, uh, I think it's 
easily a buy, in yeah. my opinion. It's a classic for a reason. My question is, though, I don't know. I, when I think of National Lampoon's Vacation, I don't think of Vacation. I personally think of Christmas Vacation. Well, that's the thing about this. This uh, On top of spawning a bunch of a bunch of knockoffs. It also spawned off a bunch of sequels because there is National Lampoon's Vacation and then after that there was European Vacation which was like the direct trip. (laughs) Kind of. Kind of, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then after that it was um, Christmas Vacation, I believe and then I think Vegas Vacation and then they even made a Christmas Vacation 2. But uh, we don't talk about Vegas Vacation. Or Christmas Vacation 2. That one actually, uh, from what I've seen, because I haven't watched that one. I didn't even know they did a Christmas Vacation 2. Neither did I. Doing research for the movie, I found that out. Uh, From what I can tell, looking into it it very briefly, I think that actually follows Cousin Eddie's family. Oh, it's not even about the Griswolds? No. Oh. Yeah, so it's one of those, that's probably why it's not talked about as much. It's kind of one of those movies that, first one was great, and it just slowly went downhill as they made more movies. I don't know. I would argue Christmas Vacation is better than Vacation. It is... A must-watch during Christmas time, I think. Definitely a buy from me, for yeah. sure. Highly recommend. So we have a rent, uh, either buy or rent, and a buy for mm-hmm. this movie. Consensus would say, at least check it out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. This is definitely worth a watch if you have not seen it before. Like Dry said, a uh, very beloved movie for a reason. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't seen it yet and you want to watch it before we start getting into the spoiler territory, now is your chance. Because if you keep listening and you don't go watch it, you can't get mad at us legally. We told you. We gave you a warning. Movie starts off with the postcard scene. Fun fact right away about that, because they, in the commentary, they made a lot of discussion about this. Uh, That was a collection by John Largus, I think is his name. He has a weird name. John Largus? Yeah. uh, Who is an architectural photograph or photographer, and he has like a whole bunch. He has a collection of postcards. A lot of those pictures were actually uh, documentation photos of all these different hotels and motels and like little uh, fun spots for uh, family vacations and stuff like that, that he just, as a living, takes those pictures. Oh, really? Yeah. That's just his job? Yeah, just his job. And, like, they For just, those travel log stuff? Yeah, for, like, travel logs and stuff like huh. that. Because, yeah, he's an architectural photographer, so he takes uh, photos of all these different architectural buildings and all these, like, little fun little hotels and stuff like that, which why there's, like, why there's that photo of, like, that dinosaur hotel and, like, that cowboy hotel and everything there, because he just takes a bunch of pictures of motels as he travels yeah, the across. hotel motel. Yeah. That sounds like a cushy job. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, no, that's they a lot just... of traveling. I think that would get tiring really quick. I mean, if you don't have a family, though, right? Or even if you do have a family, and that's like your way of just like exploring <laughs> with your family. <laughs> or getting style. away from your family. <laughs> yeah, I, was gonna, just... I feel like you don't just take your family on one of those. In a broken marriage. You don't have any time to do anything. That would be extremely boring. Like, hey, we're here. Can we go see the Eiffel Tower? Nope. I don't know why they're in Europe, but (laughs) they sure drove there, I guess. At the beginning of the movie, they're also talking about how uh, John Hughes wrote this as a short story at first. And the producer of this movie, Marty Simmons, liked it so much that they decided to uh, write a screenplay and make a movie of it. So this is technically a John Hughes movie, too. Man, that motherfucker had his hands in everything in the 80s oh yeah well that's and yeah he was actually an editor for national lampoon's magazine whenever he wrote this. wait was he really yeah oh that's awesome that's they're saying he was the editor for national lampoon's magazine he had wrote a short story about a vacation and maddie simmons liked it so much they decided like let's make a movie about this and that man just went on to write every every single movie that you would think about from the 80s and 90s like <laughs> at least early uh, 90s you, rocky we have watched a john hughes movie on this podcast we have or you guys have. Pulp I wasn't fiction. there for that one. He wasn't here. Wait, on this... On this podcast. 
Home Alone. Yes. Yeah. Oh, actually? Yeah, you That's actually got 80s. it. Yeah, well, oh. 90s. Uh, yeah, that, 80s? Was, that was early 90s. That was like 1991, I believe. So anyways, movie starts off with Clark Griswold, and he's going to a car dealership with his son, Rusty, to pick up his new blue sports wagon that he just ordered, and That's... he's going to turn in his wife's old station wagon. Can I go ahead and say, I feel like Rusty is one of the worst names you can give a child. Why? I don't know about the worst. Uh, You're just calling him Rusty. I know a Rusty. Yeah. New. How unfortunate. We knew Rusty. To be fair, he was kind of an asshole. He was an asshole, but I mean, I knew his name. Yeah. And I always thought of Nails when I talked to him. Yeah, you can see why I think this is not a good thing to name a human being. I mean, if he gets into business, everyone will always think that he has a point, though. <laughs> why would they think? God damn it! <laughs> The the uh, the best he might become like a baseball player. That's okay. I would love to be a baseball player. Yeah, that's like a one percent chance in existence. Cool. <laughs> you that's take those odds. You're like a baseball player or someone whose name always gets made fun of constantly, and or both. I'm already the latter, so fuck it. Yeah, same here. <laughs> Let me have some baseball. I don't even like baseball, you, but you I can make the lottery money. wrong. It was one percent chance. I told you, you got the ninety nine percent. Shit. Anyways, they're going up and. He goes and talks to the dealer saying, oh, I'm trading in my wife's old station wagon. We're going to be getting a blue sports wagon that he or that I ordered. And the car dealer seems like he's not sure exactly what to tell him. He's like, oh, well, you know, we don't have this blue sports wagon, but we do have the station wagon over here. He's like, oh, this 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 isn't what I ordered, though. Like, I ordered the blue sports wagon with the uh, sports with the wagon package. (laughs) I can't remember what he said, what kind of package it was. Full package or something like yeah. that? Yeah. But, and he's saying, like, like, listen, I'm about as upset as you are about this, but <laughs> we don't have this. And, like, if you're going to be taking your family cross country, this is the station wagon that you want. And he's just like, listen, I wasn't born yesterday. This isn't the station wagon I ordered. If you're not going to give me what I ordered, I'm going to go somewhere else. Now, give me back my old car. And as he's saying, give me back my old car, you see a forklift picking up his old car and, like, putting it into a crusher. <laughs> With the, the forks going through the windows of the station wagon. Yeah. His old one. When he's telling him, like, listen, like, I don't have your car. We can probably have it here in about six weeks. And he's like, well, in that case, I want my old car back. And, like, it, you just see it being crushed as he's saying, <laughs> I want my old car back. He's like, bring it up front right now. I want my old car back. And they just bring back his crushed car. And, like, for some reason, doesn't realize it's crushed until he tries pulling on the door. <laughs> you notice that scene. You thought they gave it an upgrade, like get the hoodless. Yeah, you gotta check. <laughs> but yeah, fun fact about that, the green car that he does buy on that lot, they made five different versions of that car, and all of them are actually on the lot. Like, if you actually look during that scene, he's standing next to one of those cars and Which behind has one, one of those cars. Front, yeah. yeah. So Just like, for, like, damage that would happen through the movie? Yeah. For, like, everything that happens to that car throughout the movie, they needed five different versions of that car. I think they said... I guess another little fun fact I was going to save until later. There was only, like, one working car left or afterwards. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, that makes sense, honestly. Yeah. But since uh, he can't really drive his old crushed car, they go ahead and they just buy this green station wagon instead because that's what the dealer keeps on trying to sell him is this really ugly green station wagon with for some reason two sets of headlights and like the worst wood paneling on the side of it which for some reason was really popular in the 80s uh yeah Yeah. because everyone wanted to have the feeling like your car could catch on fire at any moment yeah (laughs) that's just like a cool thing for electronics you ever see like a computer case made of wood it's really cool and then i have the feeling that my computer will catch on fire at any moment put it with the unflammable liquid on it what where am i supposed to keep my lighter fluid then (laughs) not (laughs) not Knots? Knots. Oh, okay. Just keep it at the knots. You don't want a grill. What do you need lighter fluid for? <laughs> my lighters. 
Theoretically. Those have lighters fluid in them already. I might need to start a large fire at any moment, and frankly, if I'm not prepared for that, I'm letting down my wife. Liz would be very disappointed be if you reasonable just and get something like coal instead. What do you try to use lighter fluid How am I going to light the coal? I don't have lighter fluid, eh? You're not you can't light without light. You can't just pour lighter fluid. It's not going to start a fire. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Lighter fluid is very flammable. No, you need a fire still. I don't know, E. <laughs> <laughs> Gross car, basically. P-colored. Like P-E-A. Yeah, yeah like P-soup colored. It, like, it's... Even for the time, it was an ugly car. Yes. And it's and that's ugly. saying something, because we're oh, in the yeah. 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is back whenever station wagons were still considered to be a cool thing, like a cool option. They're not? Honestly, though, the seats on the station wagon, I would kind of be all for. Having oh, yeah. two couches well, in your car? Yeah, the 80s got good uh, seats. Yeah, they definitely, had, they definitely had comfy cars. I don't think then. those come with the cars. Anyways, he drives home this very green, sickly green colored station wagon to his wife and she's like what happened to the blue sports wagon and he's like oh well they, I don't want to get that one I decided to go ahead and get this one anyways got a good deal on it too and she's like why is it why is the motor still running on it like, oh that's just the thing that new cars do <laughs> go ahead and I'll turn it off I mean and he like, left the keys in that's yeah he did he just he just got out of the car right away mm-hmm. and like his family's not about this car, but he's, like, just trying to sell it to them as much as he can about it. And she's like, oh, yeah, why is it still running? He's like, oh, that's just what new cars do. Let me go ahead and turn it off. And goes to try to turn it off, and the airbag just deploys on him to Which show, like... obviously just a trash bag. Yeah, it's yeah. obviously a trash bag. Like, there's... <laughs> didn't even try. No. <laughs> just kind of shows, like, this isn't the, a very good car, even brand new. Yes. Brings it home. Um, he's talking to his wife about it while they're... While she's cleaning up the dishes, while she's just <laughs> handing him dishes yes. <laughs> that are covered in food, and he's wiping them off and putting them in the cabinet. No yeah. soap, no water. Yeah. And, like, the dishwasher's right next yeah, to so him. Not only is the dishwasher right there, it's open. And, like, wait, waiting for him to, like, put the dishes into the dishwasher. But he's just putting them in the cabinet while they're still dirty. <laughs> I, I get, I'm not going to lie. I don't even use my own dishwasher. But, like, you got to wash the plate. You can't just soap and water. Don't yeah, be a monster. Like, yeah, it, it wasn't even soap and water. It's just they're wiping it yeah. off with yeah. Cloth. And this is, like, salad. So, you know, there's, like, ranch on that. They're talking about this trip that they're getting ready to have. And Ellen, the wife, is saying, like, why don't we just fly there and he's just trying to tell her like oh come on you know the journey is half the, or half of the fun the like, journey is half fun <laughs> half of the, yeah he, do, he does literally say the journey is half of the fun like he he says that it will just be too sterile and everyone's gonna just gonna put on their headphones and be in their own little world and they're not gonna have fun together and he wants to have a like family time with them yeah, that's while the driving. best part about going on a plane you just put on the headphones pull out your game boy bam but he doesn't want that he wants to spend time with his kids because he never gets to see them yeah. does say in the commentary for this movie that like He's one of those guys that works so hard, he literally gets two weeks off a year, and he wants to spend these two weeks a year spending with his family, and he does say, like, come on, I see the kids two minutes before they leave for school in the morning, two minutes after I get home from work, and maybe three hours on the weekend, like, so he doesn't get to spend a whole lot of time with his family because he's always working to, you know, provide for them, and yeah. this is his time to spend family time with them. That's what he really wants, even though the family's like, let's just fly there. It does. It's not a big deal, Yeah. but he wants to have a journey with them, so he's very much trying to sell them on this road trip and he goes out and talks to the kids and tries to sell them on this and he was a little bit freaked out to see (laughs) an television system not an atari and a television it wasn't that it's like you make it sound like just the oldest it was the controller that freaked me out because that like the television looking one from that era dude yeah yeah like because all that was was just a joystick on like this little wooden box like i've seen i've seen the old control i see the coleco vision which is like just a phone yeah Uh just like 
It looked like a beer bottle <laughs> that you like fondle, but it's like right that next to like a TRS eighty computer. Like this is old, old, old technology. Yeah. Like I didn't even know. What, I didn't know what that part was really. Yeah. It's either that or like an old Apple computer. I'm not sure exactly what it was. It didn't say, but it's I mean, it's definitely a 1980s computer next to a 1980s console. <laughs> not an Apple because there was no screen connected to it. That's also fair. Mm-hmm. Might have been a TRS. So he went to show the kids the the map of what the, where they're going. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> like while while they're playing their video games, he somehow just makes a map on this computer, and he's like, "Say, see, we're gonna go from Chicago down to Los Angeles, California, which is gonna be twenty six hundred mile." trip and like this is what our first day is going to be and like has a little car program onto the map and it's like yeah. driving to where it's going to go and like then, for some reason there's like a knockoff yeah where the, that's yeah, chasing so, the car the the boy uh rusty starts using his not pac-man and starts gobbling the trails up this is the weirdest part of the movie for me honestly <laughs> yeah it's, it's i love really it it's so part. surreal like yeah. strange because he's just yeah. like don't eat the car rusty don't eat the car and then like <laughs> The daughter, like, I don't even starts know. playing not asteroids. Yeah, like a not asteroids plane and like shooting at the Pac Man to like have it not eat the car. And it's just the weirdest it's scene. It's so amazing. It is fun looking at the old retro idea of what the future would be like because it's all stuff that doesn't make any sense. Like, yep, you could Definitely. connect your computer to your movie as you watch it. And use that to file your taxes. Uh, so yeah, they they show the trip, and then it hard cuts to the next day. Oh yeah, it's a hard jump yeah, cut. Yeah, to where they have everything packed, they're getting ready to leave, and they're just two guys that don't really have any lines in the script that just saying bye to them yeah. while they're leaving. Well, not even, it's like a whole family. Yeah, yeah. The only line that I was able to get out of it is like, "Be careful for those Indians," which is just a weird. Racist line? Yeah. yeah. But it's <laughs> 80s, so they've just probably weirdly got away with it because that's eh, the 80s. Is it just because the only thing I can connect it to is like white people being afraid of co- cross country voyage because that didn't seem to go well for them most of the time? Maybe. Yeah, because it is going from Illinois to California, so they are, cr- you know, going across that the Great West. But as they're getting ready to leave, like to kind of show as a little bit of a foreshadowing of things to come, like as they're just leaving from the garage, like all their luggage just gets knocked off of the car. Yes. Because they just did not open the garage door enough. And then I just, no, again, it was just hard to too high, I would argue. Yeah, that too. Bad planning. Also, I guess that's just what you did back then. You just tied everything on your roof. I mean, if I, you have that much stuff, yeah. Yeah, if you have that much stuff, and plus there was a station wagon, if you notice, it had like a roof rack, so like you can actually, it was meant to have things attached to the roof. Uh, there's <laughs> what they call a postcard-style shot of Chicago as they're leaving it, which, you know, shows a, or a cityscape, and the parents are singing, you know, old road trip songs that the kids have no idea what they are. Mm-hmm. Which... I don't even buy that. Like, they're not even, like, they're just singing, like, children's songs. Yeah, not even, like... <laughs> It's stuff that we grew up with. Like, I feel like everyone sang those at some point in time yeah, in their childhood. Like, Camp Town the kid, yeah, and like, yeah, I was going to say, the kids just look at them like, nah, you made those songs up. And then they sing an actual song that they made up, which is the Wally World theme song, which was made for the movie. Well, yeah, so they're going Wally. Uh, they keep yeah. singing. Uh, the kids pull out their Walkmans and just kind of yeah, put on like, their headphones. Yeah, because like, they keep on singing songs because I'm sure this car has a radio in it, but they're not playing the radio. They're just Actually, singing songs. I did ask because I was wondering if it was just a car without a radio, but they still it, be, it yeah, probably it did still have a radio. Because I've been in some very old cars that still had a radio in it. But it's possible it didn't have one, but it's also possible that it was one of those, like, he wanted to make a thing of the family singing as they were going along, so he just turned it off. Singing, talking, plus who's to know how reliable AM, FM was back then? That is also true. Mm. It goes off next to, they're at this gas station, and since his car is brand new, 
Clark has no idea where the gas or where the gas tank is, and he's it's, trying to figure out where to fill it up. Makes like this whole little scene, and like this family pulls up, or this I guess not a family, but a mom and this kid like pull up right next to them, and like their gas tank is like right behind the license plate. So he's thinking like, oh, maybe it's behind the license plate. Starts pulling on it really hard, <laughs> and then pulls on it so hard he ends up just chucking the thing. <laughs> yes, off. almost hits the mom actually. <laughs> Fun fact about that: uh, Chevy Chase uh, for physical humor like he did actually rip it off and throw it he didn't realize she was standing like where he threw it so he legitimately (laughs) almost hit her so his surprised reaction along with her surprised reaction of it was very genuine that sounds like a Chevy Chase thing to do was there just not like an established place to put gas pump things no no that sounds awful (laughs) they actually like put it behind this fucking license plate that's still a popular thing with sports cars that sounds Mm -hmm. stupid why it's hiding so you don't see it who cares (laughs) People who buy an expensive fucking sports car. Yeah, I can assure you. It's one of those things like uh, it's... So anyway, he's there and he can't find the gas hole for the gas tank. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just messing around, not being able to find it. Eventually his wife is like, oh, hey, Clark, is this it? And she's over near the engine, near the front of the car. And the flammable part of the car... It's that fine. could start it's fires if pretty If it's going to start on fire, it's going to start on fire. Let's not. Let's <laughs> not beat around the bush on this one. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know it's there. I was just uh, checking the license Checking plate. the license plate and fixing that. I'll be there in just a second. Uh, after that, it uh, goes back to them driving where they get to St. Louis, uh, mm-hmm. which is in St. Louis, Missouri, but they keep on talking about the Mississippi River, which passes through St. Louis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so, got a lot of rivers. Yeah. It's like... Hey, you want to go to the Colorado River? It goes through seven states. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things. Including Mexico. (laughs) Whenever I was watching this, like doing the research, I got a little bit confused at first because I kept them hearing Mississippi and Missouri at the same time. Uh, But yeah, it's St. Louis, Missouri. They uh, see the St. Louis Arch. It's like, hey, kids, check this out. It's a 600 foot tall arch, which has an elevator that goes all the way to the top, which is about 60 stories as we would know it. Wow, can we stop there? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Which is my favorite, because that's just a thing like, that happens. It's just like, yeah. yeah, we're not stopping, but look, it's We're not neat. stopping, but look how neat that is. Wouldn't it be neat if we did, though? <laughs> yeah, he just says, nope, we're not going. And then as he's, like, pointing things out in the city, he ends up taking the wrong exit. And, like, and, you know, this is just me being a fucking millennial. I'm like, how do you take the wrong exit, dummy? And I'm like, oh, yeah, they don't get a thing that's like... Hey, fucker, this is the wrong accident. Yeah, it's got a piece of paper. They just have paper maps that they have to follow the lines on the paper map to get to where they're going. But yeah, his wife says, you took the wrong exit. And he says, ah, it doesn't matter as long as we cross the river. And then they end up in a really, really bad neighborhood. Enter racism. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chock full of 80s racism. Oh, yeah. So they end up in a bad neighborhood. And he tries saying like, oh, this is a part of America we never see. Like. It's good that we see it. It's like, no, it's not good that we see this. No, it's good that we see this. So that way the kids can actually be thankful for what they have. And then <laughs> they hear a gunshot. Super messed up. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just hear a gunshot. He's like, roll up the windows, kids. Yeah. One of my favorite lines in the entire movie is in this scene, actually. He's like, so look at all this plight. Kids, are you noticing all the plight? But after that, they realize that they're lost. And he decides he needs to ask directions. And he just, like, asks a guy who's surrounded by women and dressed like a pimp. It doesn't say that he is, but he looks like... He's definitely dressed like one. He's definitely the A-stereotype of pimp. You can Definitely. <laughs> and he uh, gets up, asks a man, like, Hey, do you know how to get back to the expressway? And the man looks at him and directly just says to him, Fuck your mama! Thank you very much. Yeah, he says, <laughs> he says thank you very much. Just gets back in the car, just drives away. And then he goes and, like, uh, asks another group of guys, and he's trying to be, like, hip and cool as he's asking Hey, them. my homes. Yeah. <laughs> Super but as, racist. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. This is very, <laughs> very so politically incorrect scene. 
and he tells him, he asks like, how can I get back on the high or onto the expressway? And he's like, think you're gonna give you that information for free? Give me five bucks. I'll tell you how to get back. And she's like, I'm not gonna give you five bucks for that. And then his wife just pulls out a ten dollar bill and just like. Just Give him the money. Just pay the man. Yeah, just pay the man. Get back on the highway. And he's like, okay. And like, gives him a $10 bill. And the guy just like puts it onto a roll of money. And like, he puts <laughs> his hand out like he's expecting $5 and change. And the guy just puts the money back in his pocket. Okay, just get to change then. <laughs> he gives him directions to a guy that'll give him directions back onto the highway. And as he's doing this, people are just stealing the hubcaps off of their car. Uh-huh. And you cannot see it in this scene, but they spray paint honky lips on the side of his car. During this scene, too. Fun fact. Harold Ramis, the man who actually directed this movie, says they filmed this in the back lot of a Warner's Brothers. All right. Yeah. So it's just in the back lot or at the studio where they filmed this. And he says it is the most politically incorrect scene he has ever shot. And he feels like he would uh, never shoot a scene like that again. But they felt like they needed to push the envelope for National Lampoon. That's kind of hilarious because it's pretty tame considering. Yeah, he said this most, but like every like he shows the worst side of everybody in this scene. Like the fact that it is a very racist scene. Like I don't think he meant for it to be racist back in the eighties, but like looking at it now, it is very very racist. I mean, even that like it's kind of like the he says like if he had to diet racism, he said sense of racism. He said if he filmed this movie today, he would probably take the scene completely out of the movie, or he would shoot it completely differently. I think that's fair. I think like. At the time, in the 80s, it kind of makes sense. I think if it was done now, it would probably be, like, the reverse, oh, yeah. where all the black people are super nice and, like, willing to help, and uh, the white people are like, Ugh. I actually have a movie, like, where they go into, like, a really bad neighborhood, and they see, like, these black guys playing basketball, and there's, like, just one guy who's super mean-looking and super big, and they're like, okay, we should get out of here, and, like, they accidentally hit a fire hydrant, and it causes their stereo to, uh, to short out, and, like, all the guys start, like gathering up crowbars and like tire wrenches and stuff like that and start walking towards the car and they're like go 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 get out of here get out of here and like all the black guys look at them like wait 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 we're gonna help him with your car you know what guys we need to call the police <laughs> about this and so like make it seem like that kind of scene but it's actually the opposite yeah and, uh, I mean, that, that's a different movie yeah. though anyways it just kind of jumps cut back to them being on the expressway and clark is talking to ellen his wife reminiscing about simpler times and about how last time that they had a trip like this how they uh, did some stuff on the road that almost got them crashed and like they're not saying directly what it is but they're being there's a lot of innuendo in this scene yeah and like oh i'm surprised we didn't crash the car when that happens like oh how about we remind ourselves of simpler times like oh how about we just wait until we get to a hotel like we don't want to do that now it's like oh come on they're asleep in the back it's like we'll just wait till we get to a motel it's like, okay well if anything just go ahead and rest your lap on my or your, <laughs> rest, your rest your lap, lap on, on my, my head. head yeah huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally how that scene she goes upside down and um, i'm kidding uh <laughs> it's a weird freaky i've seen that movie on pornhub <laughs> <laughs> So she just I think I downloaded the wrong movie, guys. <laughs> she she puts her head on his lap. Yeah. And, and then like, she gets immediately stuck under the Yeah, cuz like he has one of those adjust, adjustable steering wheels and like he moves it up so that she can move put her head down there. And then he tries moving the uh steering wheel back and it gets stuck and her head gets stuck on his lap. And she's like, I'm stuck, Clark, I'm stuck. And he's like, sorry, the steering wheel is stuck. I can't, like, it it hurts, stop it. And, like, you look in the back and, like, the kids just (laughs) automatically think that the uh, mom is giving a roadie Uh roadie to the dad during this scene. So they slowly put their heads up, see what's going on, and slowly put their heads back down. Uh, What else do you do in that situation? (laughs) Cry. Just just try to ignore it. (laughs) not about uh, the movie, wait, they both have walk-ins. They should have just been like, Ugh. and then just get in the fetal position, and pray till it's all over. 
it's actually, I guess not for this movie, but I guess a little fun fact that I heard. I don't know how true it is, but it makes a lot of sense. They are uh, the whole thing about ghosts wailing actually started because back in like the 1800s, all families had to like sleep in one room, and so the parents are going to get busy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. No, no. Everything's fine, son. It's just a. Uh, it's a haunted ghost. house. It's a your ghost. Grandma. <laughs> your grandma died here. Remember? It's her. And so that's how, like, they they say that's how the. <laughs> That, that's how the rumor of ghosts moaning started. I don't think I believe that, but man, I sure that want makes to. Sense, though. I want that to be like, true. Yeah, I read that and I was like, you know what? I could see that. And I think part of it is I just want to believe that. <laughs> that's that's. <laughs> but so, also, yeah. fun fact about this scene, uh, this entire scene was actually shot on a soundstage and the director called it uh, called it a poor man's process. The entire scene, like they just have uh, those lights that you see in the background, is just on a dolly and it's slowly moving away from them. <laughs> There's legitimately electrician that was just shining, a, like walking around the car, shining a light on them. That's amazing. Aww. So this entire thing, they were not moving at all. That's good. Yeah. So after the scene, so, they're all like, "Oh man, we're tired. tired. Yeah, we're tired." And it's like. Clark, you get really weird whenever you're tired. We need to find a motel right away. And he's like, oh, I could keep going for 100 miles on this. Like, I'll be fine. Jump cuts to everybody sleeping in the car, including Clark, who's yeah. still driving. <laughs> well, not anymore. No, he's still driving. <laughs> oh, he's driving. He's just... he's definitely driving. He's just asleep while he's driving. And it just goes through this scene of, like, the car swerving through traffic and then just barely it falls missing. off the freeway. Yeah, falls off the freeway. Almost, almost hits a guy that's crossing the street. Almost runs into the side of a building while a guy is like just trying to walk out of a out of a bar. He's like, "What the oh, fuck?" Man. Yeah, and then oh, it shows a guy walking his dog, and the guy has to like basically pull his dog up, or up and like swing him around to like not get hit by this car. I hope that's not a real dog. That, that was a real dog. Like a real. That was a real oh, dog. No. That, was, that was a fun fact of the scene. They almost hit that dog during that scene. The stunt fuck. driver. Oh. And so that's that was terrible. a stunt dog. They didn't have a harness on the dog though, so he didn't like oh, pull God, the dog they, up by the neck. That. Oh, so it was a planned thing. It was a planned thing. Oh, okay. They got closer than they expected to because the stunt driver was trying to make it look as realistic as possible. Oh, yeah. So he almost hit that dog. If it was, that guy, the reason why he pulled that dog as much as he did that was a, is because they yeah. almost hit the dog. That Fucking was a real hell. dog. Jesus. That's terrifying. Yeah. Also, fun fact about that. Uh, whenever he goes over that bump, wakes up, and then like hits on the brake and starts sliding into the parking space at the motel, he's like, well, we're here. Uh-huh. They did that in one take. They only needed one? They did The, the stunt driver did that in one take. Damn, that man deserves a raise. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That he almost hit a dog. Did, some, did almost hit a dog. <laughs> he almost hit a dog on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> that's all, that's worse. <laughs> you hit a dog on accident, you're a bad person. You almost hit it on purpose, you deserve an award. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they're like, please don't run over things. <laughs> yeah, please don't hit dogs. So he's like, well, we're here. Yeah. I'll check us in. <laughs> and everyone's just looking at him like, really, dude? <laughs> it's not even him driving spastically that wakes up the family it's him screaming when he realizes that he's asleep at the wheel uh-huh. that wakes everyone else up i mean f- waking up at the wheel is the scariest thing honestly the sad thing is <laughs> because i drove people around a lot in high school i actually have fallen asleep at the wheel i just but it was always during straightaways so like i would wake up like a couple miles later going oh i need to roll down the window <laughs> like, like, i i just like how that waking up at the steering wheel is the scariest part not the falling asleep part. Yeah. Like, the falling asleep, that's easy. Yeah. Waking up, that's the part you don't want to do. Yeah, that's the part that's scary. It's you just got to sleep until you're I, done. It, it's that when you wake real, up it's is that when you get the realization. Yeah, the realization that I just fell asleep at the wheel, I'm fucking lucky to be alive. I've woken Fair. up lights so, past of where I was going. 
I, I luckily have not done that. Dry is <laughs> Dry looks super scared at it's both terrifying. of us right now. <laughs> that was a terrible time when I had no sense of time management and I just lift went to drive to go lift. Constantly tired because I just got off of school, and sometimes I was just too tired. We keep you here till like two in the morning. Yeah, I'm way better now. I, I hope, hope so. so. Yeah, <laughs> I don't fall asleep on the wheel anymore. <laughs> So we're at the hotel now, and Ellen is taking a shower, and this is all very much like an homage to, sh- to Psycho. Like, the entire scene feels like that shower scene yeah. in Psycho. Yeah, because this is honestly not that far past Psycho's initial release. This is like 23 years after Psycho. That's not too far. Yeah, I guess that's I mean, we're still fair. referencing Psycho to the oh, yeah. point where I know when that people is another... reference Psycho, despite never even seeing a clip from Psycho. That is a very iconic movie. Also, I'd like to know, I guess he just bought a banana specifically for this joke, Clark. Well, or for after the shower. But yeah, like, <laughs> it's, it's an homage to Psycho, but like, whenever he opens up the curtain, instead of holding a knife, he's holding a banana and he's going <laughs> towards her and like, she just kind of looks at him like, oh, Clark, you asshole. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, can I help you wash your back? Oh, honey, I've already gotten my back. Can I help you wash your front? Wash your own front. So he just takes the banana and goes to the other room. Yeah. And then it cuts to her coming out of the shower saying like, hey, since we're going to Cousin Eddie's and you definitely need some time to not fall asleep at the road, <laughs> maybe we should just tell him that we'll be there on Thursday. And he tells her like, oh, that's, you know, it's like I have this whole thing scheduled down. Like we want to spend time at Wally World. We need to stick to that schedule. I had, I planned this out ahead of time. You need to stick to it. And she's just, or says that she's worried about him. And he just tells her, basically, don't worry about it. And basically, we're like, cuts off really fast whenever he just pulls out two glasses and a uh, a bottle of white wine Mm -hmm. for her. And decides to go ahead and put a quarter into the vibrating bed, which is, that's even before mine (laughs) and Drya's time. Like, that was, like, supposed to be a thing you see at sleazy hotels. So, like, it vibrates the bed whenever you're having sex with them and supposed to whatever. Whatever's the whatever. Yeah, when you cuddle. Yeah, when you're cuddling. Soothed you to a uh, complete and utter sleep satisfaction. Oh yeah. yeah. Also, you to like, sleep. He also, I guess, just pulled out seventy quarters. Yeah, he oh. just had a pile of quarters sitting right next to like the little thing where he put quarters into it to make the bed vibrate. You I never know how well you need to sleep, you know. So yeah, they're doing that. Uh, the bed's is very aggressive. Yeah, now. It, it starts <laughs> kind of gently vibrating and then it starts more aggressively vibrating afterwards, and so like. They decide, like, they can't sleep on this bed because it's now being too loud and it's vibrating way too much. So instead, instead of just turning off the bed, like they should have done, they just go ahead and get a blanket and put it on the ground and they're going to start fooling around underneath this blanket on the floor. Like old times. Yeah. Fun fact about that. They could not figure out the hydraulics for a vibrating (laughs) bed. So they legitimately had guys with levers underneath the bed shaking it for that scene. (laughs) That makes it so much better. I know, right? But uh, while they're on the ground and, like, uh, they start kind of fooling around underneath this blanket, the kids walk in going, what the hell is that noise? Are you guys fighting in here? And Clark, like, jumps out of the blanket with his wife's panties on his finger. Pointing at his kids. Yeah, pointing at his kids, telling, you should go to bed. (laughs) Like, no, what's going on? Like, well, we couldn't figure out how to turn the bed off. Yeah. We'll just unplug it. Russ goes over and just, like, turns it off. You know, saying that they thought that the guys are, that the parents are fighting and that. And it's like, hey, where's mom? It's like, oh, she's in the bathroom. I'm under here, kids. (sighs) Go to bed. And, like, the kids just, like, look. They're like, oh, they're fooling around again. Apparently the car wasn't enough. And then they, you know, go back to their room. Gosh, parents having sex. How dare they? 
Smash cut again. <laughs> <laughs> to this time in Dodge City, Kansas, which another fun fact, once again, shot at Warner Brothers. Uh, this was actually the scene that they used for a bunch of Western movies, and they just decided to use it for yeah. this movie. I mean, if they have it, but, right? Yeah, yeah, but apparently the saloon that they go into is actually in Durango, Colorado. Oh, really? Yeah, like a lot of this mid-movie was actually shot in Colorado. Huh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeehaw. Anyways, the setting is supposed to be Dodge City, Kansas, and he starts talking about, like, oh, yeah, look at how rustic this looks. Like, everything's covered in dirt. Of course, everything used to be covered in dirt. That's how things used to be. Well, it's not like home. It's like, well, if everything was like home, that would give us no reason to go or to travel everywhere then. And then Rusty just sarcastically goes, like, geez, Dad, I'm really glad we didn't go to Hawaii instead. <laughs> just the fact, I guess, that's the other option was Hawaii is insane yeah. to me. Just like, well, we could drive to Florida, yeah. California. Or we could spend $7,000 going to Hawaii. I mean, if you're a kid and you have no sense of what things cost, yeah, which would you choose? I mean, apparently the dad had Probably California. Enough, apparently the dad had enough money to buy a new car just for this road trip. I mean, he traded in. He traded in, but also he it does seem to be some type of scientist for food additives. Yeah, and it does later on in the movie, he does actually say that he spends a lot of time making new food additives so that way he can, you know, take care of his family which is what he does for a living it's very small scenes in the movie but yeah it does say that that's what he does for a living is he makes yeah. food additives yeah. which sure yeah we need them i mean i'm sure yeah. if you're a science for food additives like especially in the 80s whenever i feel like that was like the wild west for food additives because they put some weird fucking yeah, you shit put cocaine in those we, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> how do you think they got vanilla flavor it's just cocaine that, I, I mean do love vanilla ice cream <laughs> so anyways they go to a saloon in this Dodge in Dodge City, Kansas, and it's this Western styled one. It looks mm-hmm. kind of like a brothel on the inside of it. Uh, they go up and they start talking to this guy who's definitely just like a waiter there, but he's dressed up like he's a sheriff almost. And like they ask him, it's like, "Oh yeah, just go up to the, our bar, our bar." He's like, "All right, thanks, man." Like, thanks, sheriff. Away. And yeah. he's like, uh, uh, "Marshal, yeah, marshal." Oh, thanks. sure, why not? I don't and know like, if just, I know the difference, to be honest, but a, a deputy and a sheriff, basically. I don't know if I know the difference. To be sheriff, honest. top tier. Okay. Marshal, right under. Well, why would you not just be like, yep, I'm the sheriff. Cool. You're lying. Ooh. Yeah. You're lying oh, about no. your status. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if somebody walked into the, or walked into your place and you're like, I'm the supervisor. No, it's like not. if someone was like, hey, are you the boss? And no one else was there. I'm like, yeah, sure. What do you need? <laughs> then you're lying about your job, E. And yeah. then HR calls and suddenly you lost your job. Okay, then it's I get a better a job. mess. How did they find out you were lying about your position there? Uh, I don't put that on my resume. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> well, then you're lying again. It's just, just, put just never, a circle of lies. That's literally what everyone tells me to do on my resume is just lie about everything. Because then I, you get a job. I've actually never lied on a re- resume before. It's like, did I go to jail? No. And you don't even put that on there. <laughs> actually, that's a positive. Maybe you do Stayed put that on. in a really bad motel that's for about a week. the first thing, actually, just... I didn't go to jail. So what's your name? I didn't go to jail. Okay, what's your name? I did not go to jail. See, the fact that you're mentioning how much you didn't go to jail is starting to make me think you've gone to jail. Definitely but not I to jail. didn't. Hmm. Spent about a week at a really bad motel, but I have never gone to jail. Did the motel have bars? Yeah, that's for safety concerns, I think there's though. glass, though. You're in a weird orange jumpsuit. Are you sure you've not gone to jail? It's in season this year. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You're right. You're hired. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, da, 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 I'm the boss. <laughs> 
Anyways, <laughs> we go up to the bar to go, you know, have dinner. Whatever. Uh, did we mention? So, uh, what I think the marshal says is like, "Hey, don't don't test the barman. He's very testy." And they're like, "All right, all right, sure." And like they're just ignoring him at this point. And like he looks at Rusty, and he's like, "Hey, high five, man!" And Rusty just walks right past him, and he just kind of has How like this. Oh, fuck my life! Look on his face. <laughs> That's one of the cardinal sins to not high five someone back. What did that marshal ever do? He's just doing his job, yeah. man. But anyways, they go up to the bartender, and the very first thing that Clark does is he's just like, hey, Yellow Belly, get us a drink to the guy. And the guy just looks at him like, whatever, dude. And like, he just keeps pestering this yeah. poor bartender guy who's just trying to do his job. Yeah, he's like, hey, Huckleberry Hound, give me a pint. Yeah. To the point where his wife is like, you know what, maybe he's not, yeah, he's busy, maybe you don't bother him, you're being kind of mean. He's like, no, I'll just keep on doing it. Hey, get me a drink, you dirty down dog. And like, guy fucking pulls a shotgun out on him and shoots at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, like, he falls over and then, like, gets back up. He's like, hey, guys, I'm okay. It wasn't a real gun. And, like, a scene that should have been taken way more seriously, but it just kind of, like, was a one-time joke that I kind of fell like off. I feel like you took any of this movie more seriously. It's immediately almost a horror movie. Yeah. I think this is one of those smart movie things that maybe you don't think about, but it implants the fake gun thing into your head early on. So that it leads back to you later in the movie. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Because, mm-hmm. like, even, it's like, oh, yeah, check it out. Like, uh, he, it was a fake gun. I even jumped like it was a real gun, though. And it's like, what if that was a real gun? It's like, ah, oh, don't worry about it. And it's like, that was loud, though. Like, what if the, or I hurt the kid's hearing? It's like, ah, oh, they'll be fine. Right, Audrey? What? Great. See, Audrey's deaf now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, like, it, the, it's just the bluntness of that gets me. Just, yeah. she's <laughs> deaf now. Wow. You happy now? It's like, ah, she'll be fine. Could you get us some drink, drinks, please? Like, now he's finally uh, or nice to the guy. Now that he fucking pulled a double-barrel shotgun on him. He learned a lesson. Yeah, definitely. Fake guns get you what you want. <laughs> so, on the road again, they go. On the road again, when they drive up to go meet Cousin Eddie. But along the way, we get the first showing of a character we see throughout the whole movie. Taylor Swift. Sexy lady in the red car. As they're driving, the kids start fighting of like, oh, like Rusty keeps licking in my, or his hand and touching me. Well, she keeps rubbing chocolate all over her teeth and then smiling at me. And like, they're trying to, uh, you know, keep the chaos to a minimum in the car while the kids are fighting in the back. And while the mom, Ellen, is trying her best just to keep everything from going, or going off the rails, this red sports car drives up behind them and goes to pass them. And you see this really nice-looking woman driving this really nice car, and Clark is just kind of smiling at her while she's smiling back and kind of, like, flirting with him a little bit as she's driving. Sexy eyes. Yeah, and then, like, she drives up forward, and then Clark decides to go ahead and speed up to try to, you know, get a better look at this girl. Fun little fact about her. uh, That is Christy Brinkley, who was a very popular supermodel in the 80s, and this is actually one of her starts, was this movie. What's the shelf life of a supermodel? Ten. Years? Ten. Days? Ten. Weeks? Ten. Months? Until they get a Carl's Jr. ad, I think is actually the limit. (laughs) (laughs) That's their last bash. Like, I made it. I know that I've made it because I'm in a Carl's Jr. ad. My career's all down here from here, baby. Anyways, during the scene, he gets up to 80 miles an hour, which in, you know, 1980s (laughs) speed is fucking insane Mm because, like, apparently this car tops out at 85 miles an hour. And, uh... His, or Ellen looks at Clark and she's like, well, you slow down, you're going 80 miles an hour on the freeway. And then E looked at like, like oh, 80 it's miles. So, it's oh, just no. hilarious because like, people go down the highways near us at like 110. People don't give a fuck. No, no they do like, not. I I don't even take the highway because it's terrifying. Like, my, my truck tops out at 95. I'm not going to fucking 
yeah. risk it where someone's like, I have somewhere to be in two hours. <laughs> but eventually, after this little flirty scene wherever he's speeding on the highway, they do eventually reach Cousin Eddie's house, which kind of lives out in the middle of nowhere. Coolidge, yeah. Kansas. Mm-hmm. It's a large family. It is Cousin Eddie, his wife, his older son, his older daughter, and then his two younger daughters, along with the baby that she has. Yeah. And his wife is also, also happens to be pregnant. So this is a family of eight. I think I mean, they said 11. Uh, I didn't get the numbers down. I didn't get the number down either. I'm just trying to think of who I saw. And those are who I saw. Character was revealed later. Son, daughter, 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 (laughs) baby, bab. Maybe they have twins. Yeah. The two twins. uh, That's what I'm saying. Cause like there's the older daughter and the uh, older son. Then the two twins. Okay. Then one in the bun. Yeah. Yeah. The infant that uh, the mother's holding. And then the dog, she's pregnant is what he was saying. And like, they made this joke about like, Oh yeah. Like, uh, Eddie says that I can quit my second night job. Once we have the baby, (laughs) During that, to like kind of show like that they're working their asses off to just have like, they, they have, yeah that she, she. That she yeah <laughs> sorry Eddie's kind of a piece of shit yeah she is doing all the work but hey it's not super important so like they get there and it's like hey it's the family that you visit every now and then and you're kind of uncomfortable around but they're family so you were forced to interact with a lot of times yeah mm-hmm. so they talk for a little bit and then. Clark and Eddie decide that they're going to go ahead and talk, and uh, he tells the kids, like, oh, go show them your worm farm. And Eddie starts talking with Clark and starts telling him, like, how times have been tough and how the bank is trying to take the house away from him. He's like, oh, yeah, that's rough. I've, I've totally been there with you. He's like, oh, yeah. You want a beer? He's like, yeah, sure. And just hands him the beer that he's been drinking already. <laughs> opens up a and fresh, opens one, for up a fresh one for himself. That still has the plastic wrap on it. Gotta be economical, man. Yeah. And then it goes to... The scene wherever um, Audrey, Audrey, yeah, Audrey yeah. is playing with the older daughter, whose name is Vicky, I believe. I didn't catch I any of the other kids. If names. I remember, I think it was Vicky. Wherever, like they're on a um, seesaw. Thank you. They're on a seesaw together. <laughs> Thanks. And she's like, in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> and they start talking about, or they end up squeezing an incest joke in there, wherever Vicky says to Audrey, like, <laughs> how it goes is like, I even French kiss sometimes. She's like, yeah. I do that. She's like, yeah, well, my dad says I'm the best at it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, then Rusty uh, is talking to the oldest son, which I, I didn't catch his name at all. Uh, John Smith. Sure. The second. <laughs> There's too many people in this fucking scene. I'm going to call him Worm Boy. So Worm Boy is playing worm with the Worm Boy worms. is showing Rusty his worm collection and starts saying that it, uh, Rusty says that it's boring. And he's like, all right, well, I'll show you something interesting. Oh, no. It was like, you got a uh, Pac-Man? Nope. You got uh, Yalaga? Nope. You got, got asteroids? asteroids. Okay. Oh, yeah, my dad gets asteroids sometimes. Makes it really hard for him to use the bathroom. Yeah. Like, well, what do you have? Well, I do have a stack of nudie magazines about this high. Doesn't it cut afterwards that to... Uh... It cuts to them reading the magazines. Yeah, it cuts to them like, yeah. reading the magazines, and right, Rusty is looking through them. He's like, hey, will you sell me some of these? He's like, hell no. These are mine. Like, I cherish these collections. He's... And starts making a couple masturbation jokes about how... Boys at school taught him how yeah, to pull his baloney. Yeah, last year, boys at school taught him how to use them. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, have you ever pulled on your baloney stick? It's like, what? Yeah, just kind of like puts his head back in the magazine, tries to ignore what he just said. And then I think this is whenever it cuts to Ellen and Eddie's wife talking. Mm-hmm, and she starts, and that's whenever she actually does mention, like, whenever I have this baby, then we'll be, I'll be able to quit my second night job. Uh, they do have this cookout wherever Eddie starts saying things like, I don't know why they call it Hamburger Helper. It's pretty good without the hamburger. I wonder about that. Which making on the grill. Eating chest helper? Yeah. You can't. It I mean, needs that's, the that's, grease. 
That's seasoning. We could just put grease in it. That's disgusting. <laughs> That's just seasoning and noodles. Plus, their helper was in bun form. Yeah. yeah. No, it was in burg form. Right. Like, yeah, they're making burgers <laughs> just out of, like, the hamburger but helper like, is what it's saying. And, like, but, like, if is hamburger like, helper something different? Hamburger helper is basically just noodles and seasoning. And right. Yes. Hamburger. So you could just so, eat the noodles and seasoning. But why is it in burg form, then? Because they wanted to make burgers. So, yeah, they just, like, made burgers without the actual Ugh. meat. And, like, they actually made it. <laughs> why is that close? It's like eating a noodle burger. burger. It's, like a, it's like a veggie burger. Ugh. But, yeah, like, that's Shut how up. Why is that gross? Shut your what? mouth. How is that gross? A noodle burger? Yes. <laughs> Shut up. What? I Shut mean, up. <laughs> Do you I mean, not they, eat noodles? Not they, in burg form? Why is that the part that breaks it? <laughs> because it's a seared... It's just seasoning and, and noodles put <laughs> into burg. Yeah. Shut up! (laughs) (laughs) Also during the scene, like, Vicky is stirring Kool-Aid with her hand. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, how about you let me do that? And, like, he grabs a spoon that's right next to the thing jug and, like, starts stirring it after that. And this is where they introduce the one part of the family that they haven't yet, Edna. Mm -hmm. And it kind of introduces, like, how mean she is with them. And, like, she sits down next to them and, like, uh, Clark... Is like making comments about the burgers too, like dry it just made, and she's like, just go ahead and just like put some ketchup on it, it'll be fine. Hey, this is real tomatoes in the ketchup, right? It's like, oh yeah, only the finest. Which is probably to say that uh, it's, it's probably just sugar with red dye in it. Probably. <laughs> oh, I thought it was just a squeezed tomato. Maybe while they're uh, sitting down talking, like Aunt Edna just decides, like, oh yeah, you guys are taking me to Phoenix. Like, automatically just assumes it without asking them. Just like, hey, you guys are taking me to Phoenix. What was it like an assumption? It's that I guess the the cousins promised that yeah, the they co- would. Yeah, so but without them having any say in it, they decided like, oh, you're going to drive Aunt Edna to Phoenix. Yeah. Which they also made a comment about how the only reason that they can afford that house is because they're taking Aunt Edna's social security. So <laughs> it just paints a picture of them being just like the worst fucking family. <laughs> Garbage people you can imagine. Yeah. Then Vicky and Audrey are sitting in Vicky's room and she starts bragging about how she won first place in a pig, pig. raising contest was it? Yep. <laughs> Which is just a weird scene. She's like, you know that's not cool, right? She's like, oh, I'll show you something that is cool and like just pulls out a shoebox full of weed. I wasn't expecting it at all. A it lot was, of weed. Yeah. It just hit me like a truck. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> there is some drug in this. <laughs> and then it cuts to the arm um, to Cousin Eddie talking with Clark and Ellen on the couch with Aunt Edna saying about how he got laid off from the asbestos factory (laughs) (laughs) and how the army uh, cut his disability because apparently the plate in his head was too big or not big enough. Not big enough. Yeah, not big enough. Smashes a can against the side of his head and then keeps saying all this stuff and like Clark's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's rough, buddy. That's rough. And like eventually our Aunt Edna says like oh why don't you just ask him finally or, or ask him to lend you the money finally stop beating around the bush he's not gonna get it yeah and, and so he's like well I didn't want to just straight out ask you like this but uh do you think you could maybe you know open up your wallet and give us a little help here oh Clark's yeah sure like, yeah, like, sure how much you need and he starts like pulling out his wallet pulling out some bills you're like oh about 52,000 and Clark's like right yeah, and, and puts all his money he, back in his wallet <laughs> <laughs> funny little scene yeah Yeah. then after that it does cut to in the morning whenever they're packing all their stuff back up and leaving and eddie decides to give clark a gift of these white dress shoes which just like they're super over the top Uh (laughs) uh-huh 
I he's like, oh, them. you didn't need to do this. He's like, oh, well, you made a comment last time you were here about how much you liked them. So I decided I was going to give them to you, which is kind of just like one of those, I don't want this, you can have it kind yep. of gifts. I like them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the attire to actually wear them, but that's like a nice pair of shoes. If I ever needed some dress shoes, I think that would be one of the ones I, I have wear. seen you out of workout shorts in my entire life, maybe three times. <laughs> one was your wedding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I was still surprised about that. I thought somehow you were just going to get some dress Listen, pants and turn them into shorts. How bad everyone would be if I just showed up. <laughs> I don't even think it was everyone else. I think Liz would kill you. Like special Things like weddings and funerals, church, and school projects. That's usually about all I can muster the energy to wear not. <laughs> to wear pants. Yeah, really. <laughs> Although work too, because they would also kill me. Anyways, he gives him those nice dress shoes, and then Edna comes to, you know, start getting into the car and brings her dog along with her and introduces the dog. And it's like, Clark, all right, go ahead and take the dog, will you? And the dog just instantly starts gnawing on his leg. Stinky. Which, <laughs> that's the dog's name. Yeah. Oh, oh, is it? Yeah, Stinky. Okay, I guess I How terrible. That that's yeah. almost as bad as Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> At least Stinky's a dog. I also yeah. know a dog named Stinky. That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> That's asking for your dog to get bullied at dog school. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, like, this dog actually was very well trained. Guy who trained the dog just kept on commanding the dog to keep attacking him and keep biting on his legs. So that's why the dog was seemed like he was so misbehaved and just because he's told to be misbehaved. I always wonder about that, though. What what happens to the dogs after? Because they're trained to be, like, bad. I mean, they're probably trained to be good, too. But, like, it's one of those things like a, um, a guard dog, in a sense. It cuts to them... On the road again. Yeah, it cuts to them going to a truck stop to stop and have a quick lunch. And I wouldn't say a truck stop, just kind of like those parks you stop at. It's a rest stop. Or a rest stop, yeah. Yeah, a truck stop usually is more like a place to get biscuits and gravy, I would, I would say. Yeah, but, but like, this is a rest, rest stop, stop yeah, which right. is a rest stop that I've passed hundreds and hundreds of times. I probably have too. Yeah, because like I said, Actually, a lot of... Was it? It's in between Down Lort and South Fork. I probably have then. But yeah, a lot of the middle of this movie was shot in Colorado. So, like, we've, me and Dryer looked through the scene and, like, oh, yeah, I've been there before. Yeah. Rocky's mom worked at that rest stop until a couple of years ago. You what are tangentially it? connected to this movie now, E. Wow. I wonder what that job's like to work at a rest stop. That sounds It's a lot boring. of cleaning and mowing and trimming hedges and stuff. Yeah. Just trying to make the place look pretty while people just shit all over it. Literally. Anyways, they're taking a break at this rest stop and. Talk about, like, oh, yeah, bologna and cheese, your favorite, Clark. The way the dad showed so much disgust makes it look like he doesn't like bologna and cheese. So I don't know why you'd pack only bologna and cheese. I think the cousins I, made it. Yeah. yeah that, that That's fair. But they're stopping to eat at this rest stop. And then, lo and behold, Clark sees the woman in, in the red car again. And, like, just kind of have, like, this little scene where, like, they're kind of impromptu dancing with each other. <laughs> It's weird. Yeah, it's it's, it's so a really awkward. weird. It's weird and awkward <laughs> it's scene. Like seductively like, using the sandwich. Yeah, he's like a... seductively like opening up the sandwich, like, "Hey, look at what I'm eating," kind of thing. <laughs> while she's like, "Hey, look, this could be your vagina." <laughs> <laughs> Every woman loves their vagina to be considered to a bologna and cheese sandwich. You know, <laughs> the highest of the meats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, but uh, he's sitting there doing that, and like he takes a bite of the sandwich, and whenever Rusty ends up saying, "Like, why is this sandwich soggy?" And then it's like, what do you mean yours is soggy? And they're like, oh, God, the dog peed all over the bologna sandwiches. 
And then Clark just like starts spitting his sandwich all over the ground, and like so, like the scene is just completely ruined for him. And Aunt Edna looks at the sandwich, just kind of shrugs her shoulders, and keeps eating it. They're back on the road again. Yeah, back on the road. <laughs> uh, eventually, they end up coming to Southwark, which is actually really close to where me and Dry grew up. Yeah, thirteen it, miles. Yeah, they mm-hmm. lived in North Fork. <laughs> You're technically not wrong. <laughs> And so, like, I guess, like, the fun fact of that is, like, me and Dry know a lot about South Fork because we grew up in that area. Yeah, like, where to find all the forks. That's where forks come from. Yeah. They grow them there. Yeah. Thank you, local fork farmer. From the prong trees. This is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, they end up coming to, like, apparently they actually built this set for the movie. Like, because this honestly seems like a uh, hotel place that they would have in South Fork. Yeah, like, it looks like a million cabin places that I've seen there before. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess, like, they built it for this movie. Which it kind of makes sense because it's just, like, a, it's just a bunch of tents there. Yeah. The guy says, which is something you'd probably hear from someone in South Fork whenever he says, like, oh, oh yeah, we're going to stay here for tonight. We need three tents. It's like, all right, well, if you need three tents, it's going to be $37. Like, $37 for three tents? It's like, plus scenery. I guess inflation, but, like... If someone told me three tents were $37, I'd be like, that's amazing. And they're like, oh, come on. It has a swimming pool here, at least. And they go check out the swimming pool, and it's like a cesspool in there with geese swimming in the cesspool yeah. for whatever reason. But also, there's and, just a river yeah, in the and background. Like, yeah. And in the background, you can see people in the river, too. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> Which is kind of something that just happens up there. Like, people just swim in the Rio Grande all the time over yeah. there. Yeah. We did that all the time. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it feels like a white suburban thing to do. Like, oh, we can't use the pool. Ruined. <laughs> and there's just this beautiful yeah. river that they could easily swim in. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, they might contract river madness. It, it, it's very much just like a very rundown place. I don't know. <laughs> you think I think about anything for more than two seconds when I talk? Fair. Apparently not. <laughs> but uh, they go and they check one of the tents and they're like, oh, it smells really bad in here. And uh, this is your tent. <laughs> kind of jumps cut to later on that night to where Clark is still trying to get busy with his wife because every single time he tries to, you know, be romantic with her or whatever else, like, Something ends up ruining it, and so he's just trying to him. Yeah, yes. usually just him. But this time, like, oh, it's just the worst situation because they're in a tent. They're in a single person sleeping bag together. Least comfortable thing possible. Yeah, least comfortable thing po- possible. And he's like trying to, you know, be romantic with her and everything. And she's like, nope, nope, not working, not working at all. And then the dog starts biting at the <laughs> at the tent. Fun little fact about this scene too. Apparently, originally, they were going to have the campground owners running around in a bear costume, scaring people in the tents. And that got cut. <laughs> so they were going to have a scene where raccoons got into the tent, which also got cut. And I think both for budget reasons, I guess, or whatever else. And so they, could they afford just, a bear costume. They couldn't afford like, yeah, a bear guy to be running around in the bear costume just for that scene. Like, apparently, this actually was done on somewhat of a tight budget. Back in the day, fair enough. Yeah, I, I couldn't find the actual budget itself. I'm sure if I dig deeper, I can find the budget. Yeah, like they cut those out and they just like left it with the scene where the dog was like tearing at their or was tearing at the sleeping bag while they're trying to get busy and end up ruining it for them again. Yeah, that ruined it. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't the fact that they were on the hard ground in a single person sleeping bag together. It was that those things can barely fit one person. Imagine <laughs> just cramming two people in those. Not the only thing you'd be cramming that night. Oh! Hey! So anyway, we have next morning. <laughs> Do we? Do we really? <laughs> Some of us do. <laughs> but anyways, it cuts to the next morning, and they're packing everything up, getting ready to leave. 
And as they're doing this, I think it might have just been you making a joke about how Audrey has probably just smoked all that weed to sleep through the night. Or- I mean, I was just saying she's smoking weed, clearly. Uh, there was a thing where the brother's like, oh, yeah, they were like, like, who's like going yeah, to sit next to Aunt Edna? And the daughter's like, I don't want to sit next to her. The, guy, the brother's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I've sat here the whole time. And she's like, no. And he's like, <laughs> and the mom's like, what are you doing? And the kids are like, the guy's like, man, I want to sit next to Aunt Edna. She smells. She smells like mothballs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which, E just had a revel- revelatory moment being like, I know what they are now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for context, I didn't know what mothballs were until the second episode of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so... So they're all gathering in. Uh, the father ties the dog to the yeah. Well, yeah, hubcap. So first, hub yeah, cab, he's the... he's trying to like uh, put, put all, all this stuff, stuff back yeah. on the roof again. And the dog's biting at him again. So he just ties the dog to the back of the bumper to try to you know get the dog away from him. Well, so he can just keep on piling everything. Yeah. Up so on he top ties of the car. dog right next to him, and they're all getting ready to leave. Jumps cut, cuts to them driving down the road, and uh, eventually a cop comes up, and our a cop uh, goes and starts pulling him over. He's like, "Oh, what did I do?" Like kind of thing, like kind of confused why a yeah, cop is pulling like, him over. Get out right yeah. now! And yeah, like the cop comes up and like he looks pissed and tells him like, "Get out of the car like right now!" Kind of thing. And he's, "Sir, wh- whatever I did, I'm sure I can explain it." If I didn't have this badge on right now, I'd pistol whip you and like pistol whip you faster than you can say police brutality. Yeah. And uh ends up going to the back of the car and like shows him that there's just an empty leash on the back of their car now. So he forgot to take the car or the dog off of the bumper and just dragged him to this which in any other movie this would be a very tragic scene. Yes. <laughs> I was still very sad. Yeah. He <laughs> was still very sad about this scene. I like animals if it's not a parrot. <laughs> like, officer, this is an accident. I'm I'm sorry, kind of thing. And like the he's like, Yeah. I guess I could see this being an accident. Poor little guy. Probably kept up the, for like the first mile before he finally gave out and like has like this little sad moment between them and like Clark's pretending to be very sad. Yeah. yeah. I think he even see a tear roll down his cheek at some point. Yes. And then like tries to get back in the car and like Rusty knows exactly what was going on. He's just like, what's the cop going to do about the dogs? Like, Shut up. I was speeding. Your dad was speeding. <laughs> It's like I was driving like a maniac. Yeah, because Edna like, was asking yeah, why. It was her dog, so like they're just trying to hide the fact that he accidentally killed her dog. Because even Edna's like, yeah, you've been driving like a maniac for the past thousand miles. It's like, yeah, I was driving like a maniac. He pulled me over for speeding. It's <laughs> totally my fault. Cup really did us a favor. Here's the leash. Yeah, the cuff. be careful next time. And then Edna just like has this look like her world was just crushed. <laughs> I'm gonna go back there and pick up the remains. Yeah, I'm gonna go find the carcass. <laughs> uh, this was kind of rev. Like a revelation for me. This movie's fucked up. Yeah. yeah the sad it thing is. about this, fun fact again, not so fun Ooh. fact, fun fact. Mm. <laughs> he's looking at me like I'm really he's scared. scared. Yeah. I'm really scared about this fun They got fact a lot is. of letters about this scene, but not because people were outraged. It's because people have done this before. Like, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Chevy Chase got a bunch of letters about people saying that they accidentally tied their dog to the back of a car and did this. And yeah, even that's what he says. Like, I don't know how people live with themselves doing things like this. How would you actually do that? People are dumb. So yeah, not so fun. Fun fact. I want to go back to a minute ago (laughs) when he didn't know this. Yeah. Anyways, they start driving. Yeah, They start driving again. Uh, I think this is the third appearance of red car. Yes, it is. Everybody's asleep in the car this time. And he sees a woman in the red car again. She goes and she pulls in front of him. And then he goes and he pulls to the side of her. And they're having like this little moment again. And he's like imagining himself sitting next to her in the car. 
and he almost straight up like runs into another uh, uh, truck passing on the other side of the road and like swerves off the road and like has this moment where he almost wrecks the car again. Uh, Ellen wakes up and she's like, huh, what, what was that? Why are you sweating so much? <laughs> no, no reason. It's just like, why are you, are you blushing? No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Relax. We're just, we're, we're on our way. We'll stop at a hotel soon. And like, while this happens, he hits a bump and you see luggage fly off the top of the car. Yeah. A and sleeping then, bag and something else. And a vanity. Because whenever we get to the hotel, uh, Ellen starts saying that all of her credit cards were inside of her vanity. She, They need to go back and they need to find it. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. I called the bank. They went ahead and they canceled your credit cards. And then she starts saying about how, like, apparently he gave Cousin Eddie 500 bucks still, even though he asked for $52,000. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And how everything has cost twice as much as he expected for this trip, so it's way more expensive, and, like, how he's not going to be able to afford everything. And then he's just like, don't worry, we'll take care of all of this. And she's like, oh, yeah. He's like, just don't don't forget about me and tie me to the bumper. That hurts. (laughs) But, like, he has no right to say that. He's... that's he did it yeah <laughs> that's like one of those you have no rebuttal like you just have to take what you are take, take what you did your lumps your, yeah take your lumps yeah. with what you did uh, also i think at this scene they mentioned he has like a check he can cash too yeah he says we're gonna go to a hotel we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna get these uh checks cashed but yeah he's saying like worst case scenario we'll just write out a check and we'll call it good it's like because i still have my credit card so we'll be fine don't worry about it mm-hmm Anyways, they're in Arizona and start saying to Clark, like, are we lost? And he's like, no, I know exactly where I'm going. He's like, yeah, dad wouldn't get us lost. He's like, you don't know where you're going. You're lost. He's like, wasn't there a detour back there? He's like, no, if there wasn't, there's a detour. They have a bigger sign like that one. And then (laughs) end up just running straight through a caution road closed sign and ends up jumping the car and crashing it. Yeah. Fun fact. (laughs) Uh, apparently they made a bet with the stunt driver. He couldn't get it past 50 yards. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Oh, and so they... <laughs> he started taking all the way out of the car and he just hit that ramp hard. Apparently he jumped way farther than anybody expected. So he hit way past the 50 yard mark and just nice. completely fucked that car. Nice. And in the um, actual dialogue, they're like, the boy's like, like I hey, bet it went fi- at least like, 50 yards. That's nothing to be proud of, Rusty. Wow, 50 yards. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, they at legitimately bet the stunt driver, like, y- you can't jump it that far. He's like, you want to fucking bet? And, like, took all the excess weight off of it and just launched that thing. It's what do you win? Good. Pride, I guess. Uh, oh, <laughs> a bigger paycheck? That'd Possibly, nice. yeah. Because like, they have that in the budget. <laughs> That's a good point. That's why they couldn't afford the bear suit. Oh. <laughs> I mean, like, like I said earlier, because we mentioned it, they bought five of the exact same model of this mm. car. And they said one, maybe two of them were working at the end of this movie. Not this one, for sure. Not this one. This one was completely gone. Yeah. Like, the, our tires were complete. Like, the front end was completely smashed. Uh, the tires were completely gone. All popped. They make a little fun joke about it. Just like, uh, Ellen says, like, oh, I think I broke my nose. And, like, Rusty's like, oh, I think I stabbed my face. And Audrey's like, I think I got my period. <laughs> that one took me off guard, for sure. Out of nowhere. Yeah. That's a good one, though. They're sitting there trying to figure out what's going on. Aunt Edna starts going on about how her, or how Clark can't do anything right and how he's an idiot. And Ellen tells her to get back in the car. And if she says anything else about the, her husband, she's going to split her lip. So um, she sits. Yeah. And so Clark uh, decides, like, well, I'm going to have to find a gas station or something so we can do our, so we can get this car towed. And then before he goes and does that, he decides he's going to have a little father-son talk with Rusty. And Rusty's standing right next to him. And he's just, Rusty, 
Rusty! Yes, Dad? Oh, there you are. Sit down. We're going to have a little father-son talk. And, like, that's whenever you find out that he actually makes food additives and how he works really hard for his family. He doesn't get to see them very often. Yeah, and he's like, you kids are growing up so fast. I'm so glad I took this vacation because I get to spend time with you and, uh, Audrey? Audrey! Yeah. <laughs> Completely forgets his daughter's name while he's trying to have, like, this little father-son moment To be fair, him. he just crashed a car. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, he, he may have a concussion. He's just trying to play it off like nothing's happened. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so he's like, you know, when I when I was your age, my dad took me and shared a beer. And I remember it being very special. Another little fun fact, I guess that beer can was actually empty. I would assume so. Yeah. They, yeah. It does not look like there's actually anything in it. He decides to share a beer with his son and like talks about how I mean, he wanted this as like a bonding moment for his family because he never gets that as a father. While his son is just chugging this beer. This is one of those things, it kind of feels like when like... Uh, it, it, dads will share their first beer with their child when they turn 21 and the child's clearly been drinking since they're like 12 well I mean I would say before that it was kind of a big thing to like not before 21 just to share a beer with your dad kind of thing Yeah, I never did it because my dad didn't drink but uh, I saw it a lot I don't know, I'll, well, in a year I'll let you know what it's like <laughs> anyways he's trying to have like this bonding moment with the son right before he goes and walks out in the desert yeah He's very optimistic. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll find a gas station. There can't be one too far from here. And just, like, walks off into the desert. Like, saying, like, oh, yeah, I'll be back in a little bit. And, like, all right, if you're not back in an hour, then it's like, oh, don't they worry. Like, you're dead. <laughs> more or less, yeah. Seems like he's very optimistic. And then things just start going wrong as he's just walking through the Arizona desert by himself. Yeah. Worst idea ever. Yeah, worst idea ever. But he's, like, super, like, oh, yeah, I'll find a gas station. No worries about it. And, like, eventually gets to the, I'm going to die. I'm going to die yeah. moment. And, like... There's just two Indians on horses that are just watching him are uh, watching him walk in the desert while he's complaining like, who manages the desert? I need to talk to someone about this. <laughs> what a fucking asshole. <laughs> Eventually, like at, while he's walking through, like gets to like a sand dune, rolls down it and then like falls right next to a plastic <laughs> skeleton. Plastic skeleton. <laughs> yeah. That's just wearing a hat for some reason. It's got to look realistic. You know, yeah. when you decompose and all your clothes stay on, but you're a skeleton. Everybody knows that. Yeah. yeah. Walks to the desert until he finally finds a gas station where his family's just sitting there waiting for him because apparently a tow truck not waiting for him. They're like, the d- wife's calling the police. Like, actively, looking. Yeah, actively looking for him. Like, he's a, he's a genius with food additives. I don't know how tall he is. I don't know how much he weighs. But, like, this is what you want to look out for. And, like, oh, there he is. And, like, just hangs up the phone on the cops. Just, like, meets him at the gas station while they're pretty much, like, just, like, oh, he's here kind of situation. Like, yeah. Dad, you it's, lived. Yeah. <laughs> Very much. And, like, his voice is all dried out. Like, oh, yeah. Good thing you guys found this place first. He's like, I'm thirsty. You guys thirsty? Let's get a drink. Yeah. <laughs> and at the gas station, uh, one thing I thought that was funny about this scene, like, you have to really be paying attention, I guess. But on the door, it says, sorry, we're open. Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, there's a sign right next to it. It's like, uh, afterwards, when, while they're waiting for their car to get repaired, saying, uh, sorry, no public restrooms. And a guy that's just, like, completely fucking covered in oil brings the car out front mm-hmm. afterwards. And, like, it's like, all right, thanks for repairing the car. How much do I owe you? Well, how much do you got? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, very funny, you know, but I'm I'm in a hurry. I have to go place with my family. How much do I owe you? Well, how much do you got? This is this is a complete travesty. I can't believe any of this. You know, what, would the, what would the sheriff of this town think of your business practices? Seriously. Like, how much do you want? He's like, I want all that you got, kind of thing. Yeah. That's, he's like, this is a shady practice. What would the sheriff think of your actions? And, like, that's whenever he has, like, this little maniacal laugh and opens up his wallet. And he, apparently he's a sheriff in that town. Twing! Clark gives him all of his money. And as they're driving away, like, their wheels are 
basically getting ready to fall off. That's great. And he makes a comment about like, great, I just paid five hundred dollars for a tow and four. No, it was way more than that. No, he said five hundred. Five hundred. By nowadays standards, it would actually be pretty on par. But eighty three money. Yeah, that's like two thousand. Probably more. But they're in the car, and at this point, Ellen is driving with the car like falling apart. And uh, Clark goes ahead and asks Audrey, like, hey, Audrey, how much money did you get from babysitting? He's like, what? He's like, just how much money did you get from babysitting? I need it. Like, I just gave him all my money kind of thing. And uh, she's like, $35. And the son's like, uh-uh, there's $40. She's like, how would you know that I made $40 And uh, unless you're going through my stuff? Rusty, we're going through your sister's private property and like, well, check out Edna. Maybe Aunt Edna has some money. She's sleeping right now. Don't don't bug bug her. It's like no no no. Like while she's sleeping, just go through her purse. Like don't go through her purse, Rusty. Go through her purse. And he goes through her purse. Like oh, Aunt Edna only has eleven cents right now. And so they're like, okay, well we're gonna have to find a place and go like cash a check. And they go and they find a, our hotel. And he tries to cash a check. And the guy tells him like, well sorry, I can't cash your check. This card has been reported as lost. And he's like, oh, so I called the bank. My wife lost her credit cards. Apparently, they put my cards as lost, too. But, you know, I'm here. I have my credit card. Just go ahead and cash this check. It's like, no, I, I can't. All right, I can't. Not without a major credit card. And technically, you don't have one. And so he's, like, just trying to get him to cash his check. And this guy is just being an asshole about him trying to cash a check. But it kind of makes sense with the policy. I would even say he's being an asshole. He's just doing his job. He's doing his job, but he's being snarky about it. I don't know. But what would you do if someone, like, imagine you were in his position. Someone's just oh, yeah, trying like, to cash posi- a check yeah, with position, a broken like, yeah. credit card. Not broken. With a lost credit card. To be fair, like, I've never seen a place say, like, oh, I need to cash a check. Like, well, you need a credit card first. But Yeah, that, that would I, be weird. Yeah, I was going to say, like, that part seemed weird, weird for me. But, like, also, it's like, just let me cash this check. He's like, nope, can't do it. And he's like, okay, how about this? I'll write a check for $1,000. You give me $300, and we'll call it even. He's like, well, we're going to have to call your bank. You're going to have to call your bank first, and it's going to take 10 business days for us to cash this check. Mm-hmm. And then walks off. And so he slams his fist down on the counter. And their cash register just opens up as he slams his fist on the count or on the counter, and the, like this really quick impromptu scene grabs all the cash out of the cash register, sticks the check in the cash register, and then grabs the hat off the rack and runs out of the building. I get something for that money. Yeah, <laughs> and just for some uh, some clarity's sake here, five hundred dollars then is the equivalent of one thousand two hundred and ninety eight dollars now. So, so almost sixty percent difference. Fucking expensive. Oh yeah. So yeah, he just gave him a little bit over $1,000 for maybe like less than $100 worth of tires and a tow. Yeah. <laughs> Which is insane. Yeah. But um, anyways, yeah. And then also told him he's going to give him $1,000, give him $300. So yeah, that's equivalent of like, I want to say $2,400 for yeah. maybe like six $700 so that he can just yeah. get to California. So yeah, the, but he's running like, like trying to make yeah, sure he's trying to get out, out of there because technically he just stole money from them mm-hmm. yeah. and he's going to go to prison if they catch him. I don't, I, technically kind of is a downplaying it a bit. He straight up just stole money from yeah, them. Yeah, he just straight up stole money from them. <laughs> but like, he gave them a piece of paper with his signature on it. Yeah. That's <laughs> how he makes it okay. So he gave him a check that yeah, may or so may he, not be good. He was like, go, go let's like, go, okay, guys. Okay, guys, gotta go now. I was like, oh, aren't you going to take a look at the Grand Canyon? He's like, okay. Takes two seconds to look at the Grand Canyon. He's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> And they all get in the car, and they all start driving again. And you were saying that even though that scene does kind of look like a weird portrait sort of thing, they actually were there. Yeah, they were actually at the Grand Canyon. This entire movie takes place over... At the, the Grand Canyon. Or <laughs> takes place in four different states, including, you know... Takes place in Illinois, some in Colorado, some in no. Arizona is where yeah. the Grand Canyon is, right? And then Somewhere. some in California. Yeah. The Four Corners. Bro, I've been to the Four Corners, dude. 
I've actually never been to the Four Corners. Uh, it's exactly what you think it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've seen pictures of it, and I was like, oh, okay. And then, like, just didn't think or anything else of it. So. Been four states yeah. at once. So they're on the road again. Their tires yeah. magically fixed themselves. Yeah, like, <laughs> with their tires wobbling, it was just for, like, that one scene, apparently. Apparently, just one of the cars had super wobbly tires. <laughs> to be fair, I, it probably is just a hazard thing. You can't Probably, just, yeah. yeah. Like, not, like, in actual life. <laughs> I'm surprised that thing drove at all. Yeah. Then again, like... Yeah, they probably just there's probably a reason why they only showed it for like ten seconds. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they probably fell off immediately after. Yeah, they're driving and um, something start so saying well, that they need to wake on Edna yeah, or eat and take her pills. Mm-hmm. And the kids like they keep on pushing like stop pushing Edna on me. He's like don't stop pushing her on me. Like okay, just wake her up, kids, so that way we can give her medication. Like Edna, wake up and like come on, she's just tired. Like she's fine. Like no, Clark, she's not fine. She's dead. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. And like he just drives off the side of the our side road and all the kids in the family like jump out of the car freaking out. Not because she's dead, but because they're sitting next to a dead body. Corpse. Yeah. It's gross. There's <laughs> maggots in there probably. But how do they not smell it? Maybe yeah. they all like me and have no sense of smell. When you die, you shit yourself though. I feel like that's not entirely accurate. That no, is that accurate. Is, if you have stuff in your bowels, it, your bowels release. I feel like that's not immediate. If you it die, is. it is. Yeah, you no longer have control muscle. of your muscles. Can all your muscles just relax, and you just shit yourself. Yeah, hand me that knife. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's but a yeah. dead body, they barely like, covered in shit. Yeah. According uh, yes. to they, from what I've been told, a dead body smells pretty bad. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you. I've never I smelled it. I couldn't tell you either, but so I've been told. You should get into the morgue business. I don't like being around dead people, but regardless you want to of smell if them. I can so, smell them. You're telling a man who has trouble with needles mm-hmm. that he should stick needles in dead bodies to yeah. draw all their blood out and then cut them open? Yes, sir. Ooh. Yeah, that sounds up my alley for sure. Yeah. I almost didn't want to say that because of his reaction right there. <laughs> <laughs> I even know that's part of being in the morgue business. Yeah, I just didn't want to be about, around dead people. Yeah, you got to fill them up with all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to not be reminded about the, the fragility he of life sometimes. Of, he doesn't want to think about dead bodies and formaldehyde. <laughs> No, just dead. So anyways, they're on the side of the road, and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with Edna, because they can't be driving the car with a dead body in there, because that's just gross. No. It is gross. <laughs> it is gross, but like it's just one of those, like, trying to think of... They're trying to be a decent human being about it, but the kids are freaking out, and so, like... Clark okay. looks at the car. Saying they're they, trying yeah, to. Let's, <laughs> okay, so the mom's mother. trying to be... Yeah, the mother's trying to be decent about this. So that's Everyone like, why don't we just out. toss them into yeah, the river... He's like, oh, we can just leave her right here. Let the vultures get to her. It's like, Clark, don't talk like that. And he looks at her. It's like, well, maybe we can strap her to the roof. And it's like, no. And like, can we please, Mom? I don't want to be in the car with a dead body in there. And like, well, she can't weigh more than 100 pounds. Clark, no. Come on. It's not like it's going to rain or something. Smash cut to the next scene, and it is heavily raining with just a body covered in a tarp on top of the car. <laughs> and it's very obvious there's a dead body on top of the car while it's just raining heavily What do you mean? It's just a weirdly shaped luggage. Yeah, just weirdly shaped trash bag luggage. It's like a novelty luggage. luggage yeah, it's just... a trombone. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just sitting there and like, Ellen is completely horrified this whole scene, saying the whole trip has just been a giant nightmare. And... They stop, yeah, at, uh... they stop at Eddie's brother's place to drop off the body, basically. And they just left a note on the door saying, like, oh, we went to Flagstaff. We'll be back Monday. So they just leave the body on a lawn chair, like, in the backyard. And Ellen is completely horrified at this whole scene. The whole family's like, nope, we just need to get rid of her. And Clark yeah. is like, hey, we still got to go to Wally World. And, like, 
like we have to do something like some kind of funeral service for her and so he just does like this really bad like I'm not gonna do it justice but like this whole really bad scene of him just like mispronouncing Lord Freeze forgive this woman for being a bitch basically (laughs) Yeah, yeah basically and like misquoting Bible verses and like singing these weird hymns that make no sense. Yeah. And then Ellen asks God to forgive her husband for being a complete asshole and saying, or I'm leaving this body here. And one of the kids said something. I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was her saying like this woman we love dearly. And the daughter's like, let's not get too crazy. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it was. Thank you. (laughs) Clark, Let's just go home, kind of thing. It's like, no, we we're almost well, there. Like they got back into the car, yeah. first, and are driving yeah, like after a bit. they just leave this dead body in this guy's backyard. You know, again, it's raining. Day. Yeah, so this dead, wet corpse, and he's just like, I can't believe we just left your dead corpse on her son's backyard. He's like, oh, we left a note explaining what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Clark's a fucking asshole. Oh he's yeah, such a dick. But on the oh, way yeah, to the they're hotel, like, yeah. we're tired, we're cold. Let's this just entire, go home. Yeah, this entire trip has been a disaster. Let's just go home and forget about this whole trip. And like, even the kids are like, yeah, let's just go home. I don't even want to be in this car anymore. That's whenever Clark stops the car. Uh, he breaks down. Like he's having a moment where he's just like, he's had it with them. He's just like, I'll tell you what's wrong. You're all fucked in the head. And like, just start saying fuck every other word, like mm-hmm. yelling at them, telling them like, we're going to go on this fucking vacation. We're going to have fucking fun. We're going to have so much fucking fun that they're going to have to put pl- or use plastic surgery to remove the smiles off our fucking faces. You'll be whistling out the theme out your ass. Just kind of yeah. quiet for a bit. Yeah, Cause it, what do you do after that? Yeah. yeah. Kind of just jumps, jumps cuts to them being at the motel and, Clark arguing with Edna again about or this whole trip being a disaster. Uh, Edna's dead. Ellen. Oh, right. Edna did not come back to life just to argue. No, she she would be the character to do it. Yeah, yeah, she would. (laughs) But uh, they're arguing at the hotel room and about how if he's going to have a breakdown, don't do it in front of the kids next time. And he says that he's just I can't remember what it was that he's he's, trying to have fun. Yeah. He's just trying to have fun and are on this family vacation of theirs, which also in the car, he does say like, this is no longer a vacation. This is a quest to have fun. After the argument, he puts on those white shoes and decides to go down to the bar. It's like, he starts just like skeezily trying to hit on every woman he sees. Yeah. Which is weird. weird. It's creepy. Yeah, it is creepy. This one is creepy. Yeah. Cause like even one of them, he sits down next to, uh, he sits down next to her and gets a drink. And then her boyfriend's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And like tells him to get up, get out of his seat. And like the guy sits down next to the girlfriend, like, who was that? And she yeah. just kind of shrugs her shoulders and keeps drinking. Anyways, he goes and he sits down on an empty table afterwards. And then the hot girl in the red car shows up at the bar. What? Behold. What a quinky dink. Yep. <laughs> and they start talking to a bit and he just starts lying his ass off about who he is. He's like, oh yeah, like I own these chains of motels that we're in right now. And like, I just go cross country so I can check up on them every now and then. And I just bring my brother's family with me. Yeah. And you know, the, with my brother's ring on my finger to, you know, make the whole experience seem more realistic. And she's like, wow, you know, I thought you would be from the CIA. Oh, no, like, no, no, no. Not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> This is fucking douche. Yeah. Eventually, they decide to go to the uh, hotel pool where she just gets completely naked and yeah. jumps into the pool and says, like, oh, this is really refreshing. You should jump in and swim with me for a bit. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure, sure. And then he like, starts getting naked and like has this moment where he's like, this is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. And then jumps into the pool. 
And it is apparently cold. Yeah, it's apparently he yelps out. Yeah. He just it's so cold, he starts screaming how cold it is and wakes up the, the entire yeah. hotel as they get out of the room as a check to see who's yelling are in this pool and his wife goes out and sees it and asks what the hell are you doing he's like oh yeah honey i was just you know talking to this lady not even the pool i was testing out the pool and like oh i wasn't swimming with her honey i was she's why i yelped because i didn't notice her here and then she was here so i had to yell because it scared me (laughs) yeah and then she's just like not buying any of it just goes back into her room which also cinema sins ding here or whatever that sound is yeah He's supposed to be naked. He took off his underwear. You can still see underwear under there. Not that I'm looking at his dick. You're looking at his dick. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those weird things. Like, we're allowed to see this woman basically fully nude. Yeah. But it's, you can't see the man fully nude. I don't get it. it. It's one of those weird things about the MPAA. It's like they allow female nudity way more than male nudity yeah. in movies. Probably just because it's sexism. More or less, yeah. Also, another thing, uh, he definitely doesn't take off his socks. No, he still has his no, socks still on. Has socks on, yeah. So yeah. That's gross. I, I think that like was part of the joke, is that he still had his socks on during yes. the scene. Like, uh, well, it never really went anything, anywhere, though. No, it yeah. was just that joke, and then, like, if uh, during the credits of this movie, uh, whenever it's showing pictures of what's happening throughout the movie, for this scene, whenever, like, he's in the pool naked with her, he has his foot up in the air, and you can see oh, that yeah. he clearly has his sock on still. Yeah. yeah so he's like, uh-oh, yeah, I made like it. He, oops. This is one of those stone cold busted moments. And like yeah. he goes and he talks to Rusty and like he's like, oh, yeah, I was just swimming in the pool. And like she was a waitress. She's a pool waitress, you know, and she's in the pool and she's taking my order for me. You believe me? He's like, yeah. Like, you think mom will buy it? Yeah. About that. <laughs> <laughs> also, the daughter's like wearing Something sunglasses because she's trying to get stone. And then the <laughs> brother's like, you don't even know how to inhale. What if I don't want to inhale? So I imagine this whole time she's just been chewing on it. <laughs> well, it's just smoking, just not inhaling. Yeah, she's just putting smoke in her mouth and then blowing it out. Cigar style. Okay, maybe I'm just a fucking idiot. What does what? inhale mean in this Into situation? Into your lungs. Yeah, like... <sighs> well, how would you smoke without inhaling then? Same way you put water into your mouth without swallowing. You just don't breathe yeah. it in, you just suck it in. Maybe you just fill I your guess mouth I don't smoke. smoke, so I don't get it. Like but filling like, your like kind of like when you're drinking through a straw and you like you just fill up your mouth with liquid without actually breathing it in. I just can't imagine doing that with air. I I don't know. <laughs> you basically suck on it enough just to get smoke in your mouth, and then you just exhale it out. So huh. it's a difference between that and like a motion, like you're breathing it in and trying to force it into your lungs. I'm going to go back and just keep imagining she's just chewing on it. Okay. Yeah. So she's just, <laughs> chewing, on, and she's just chewing on a joint while he's yeah. saying, you don't even know how to inhale. And she's like, well, maybe I don't Quality commentary yeah. coming from us, of course. So, yeah. But, yeah, and then starts uh, saying, like, well, mom and dad are probably going to get divorced after this. Yeah. <laughs> so the dad goes to patch things up. The mom's all cuddled, all huddled up in the blankie, all angry. Yeah, and she's like, hey, don't be angry at me. Like, she's this like, whole trip has just been crazy, and I'm just trying to let loose, and, like, I did it the wrong way. And like, I made have, a simple like, mistake yeah, of I mean, almost cheating on my wife. Yeah. And she's like, is that what you want? Is that what you think? Pretty? He's like, no, no, she's not pretty. She's ugly. I think she's ugly. And she's, she's like, like, oh, well, just so you know, I want you to know that I understand what you're, where you're doing and where you're coming from, and I want you to know I can have fun, too. And she hops out of the bed, runs down to the pool, takes all her clothes off, and jumps in. 
And then, yeah, yes. she starts screaming about how cold the water is. And then he jumps in with her. And then there's a skinny dipping moment between those two where the are uh, everyone's watching him skinny dip again because she screams loud enough to wake up the entire hotel room, yeah. our hotel again. And it does a similar scene where it, like, shows everyone. And there's just this weird, like, lady with the kids. Yeah, she's just standing <laughs> next to the kids. Yeah, why not? I know this is just because it's not that kind of movie. It feels weird to me that she just kind of brushed under the rug. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of things in this Maybe movie that like just brush under the rug. Especially after our anti-love month to where like yeah. this would be the moment to where everything starts to spiral. Yeah, this would oh, be yeah. when they break up. Uh-huh. Difference between 80s and 2000s, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. Also, difference between comedy and anti-love cautionary tales. Yeah. <laughs> comedy and nomedy. Yeah. But this is also the 80s to where, like, you know, they had situations like this in sitcoms. it was legal to cheat on your wife. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's how it works. I'm also thinking that nomedy is just comedies but about Vietnam. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So basically just mash? Yeah. Yeah, Like, everything else in this movie, they just... Don't think about that. They're just just like, don't think about it and, like, just keep moving forward with the story. Eventually, they do get to California, and they do get to Wally World, and they're the only ones at Wally World. Wow. (laughs) And they're like, check it out. We're the first ones here. And, and they park far. Yeah, and they parked really far away. And they're like, why do they park so far away? And then he's like, oh, it's so that way, you know, because everyone else is going to be getting in. And whenever everyone else is struggling to get out of here, we'll be the first ones to leave. I we're think just right he's next just to the an exit. idiot and didn't yep, realize yep. he could park really close. <laughs> that probably is the real reason. So but, then um, it goes, uh, yeah, and then like, song, like, hey, and I'll, like, ra- yeah, I'll race you to uh, to the front and starts playing the Chariot of Fire <laughs> theme. <laughs> but uh, it, it's like an homage and kind of making fun of that. But while they're running up to the front, and they run up to the front, and there's just a like, kind of a mannequin moose holding a sign. Like a smoky saying, bear, kind of. Yeah, and just kind of holding a sign saying, sorry, we're going to be closed for the next two weeks for repairs. And there's a little button next to it, and he presses the button, and it's saying, like, sorry, the happiest place in the world is closed for two weeks for maintenance repairs. Or see you in two weeks. To where Clark just instantly gets angry and just punches it in the nose. Apparently it's made of rubber, luckily for Clark. Yeah, because if that was a metal moose, like, he would have just broke his fist. But he's just like, no, they owe the Griswolds. They owe us fun for how much we we went through to get here. (laughs) Clark, you're scaring me. So they drive to a gas station. Clark goes to the sh- sporting goods. Yeah, he he just, like, goes through traffic, almost gets hit by a car twice, goes to the sporting goods shop. They drive back over to Wally World, and they go up to the front, wherever the security guard is. And the security guard, who's played by John Candy, who is a big comedian around this time. Wasn't he? Oh, wait, I think you already told me this. He's in uh, Home Alone, right? He's the polka guy. He's the polka guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, remembered a I face. connected someone. Man, man, you're getting better at this. <laughs> yeah, like John John Candy was known for playing roles like that where he just like randomly would appear in comedy movies. That's two weeks in a row where you yes, one guessed. out of the entire cast. Yeah. We are slowly but surely curing his face blindness through movies. I don't think that's how that works. It's totally how it works. <laughs> I think we've got this. Damn. I connected him because he's fat and then he's also fat and <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, so I'm very superficial. White, all fat white guys look like John Candy. Yep. Wow. But anyways, back to the movie. So yeah, the security the movie. guy is like, he goes to the security hey, guy you, sh- you can't be here. He's like, oh, no, we're, then, we're here. Like, we're here to talk to Ray Wally. He's like, oh. I, no, I Roy. See, Roy Wally. Because it's yeah. Roy Disney. Yeah. But he's like, oh, we're here to talk to Roy Wally. And he's like, oh, well, I don't see you on the list. Like, oh, no, we're here for maintenance yeah, inspection. Yeah, I mean, for inspection of the park is what it was. Well, yeah. I don't have you on any of my mm-hmm. lists. 
Well, I have a gun. Yeah, he's just like, it's like, oh, how about this? Listen, like he just had a bag or over his hand this entire scene, just like pulls a gun out of the bag and points it at the guy. And still has the price tag on. It. Yeah, yep. still has the price tag on the damn thing, and. Guy starts freaking out because, you know, he's staring down the barrel of a gun now and he's just like, now we're, you're going to take us around this park and we're going to have some fun. And like the family's freaking out. It's like, where did he get a gun? And, like, don't worry. This is the first gun we've ever really owned. And like the second security guard comes out and it's this weirdly racial scene too because yeah. he makes the black guy act yeah, like he, a dog. Yeah, he makes the black security guard get on all fours and then roll over like a dog. Yeah. It's just a whole weird scene. And then they, he tells him just to, he's like, no, no, stay, stay. And then they go and take the white security guard and go or have them ride on the rides, basically. And then they're riding in the teacup. And as they're riding in the teacup, it's like, hey, we're the big rides. We're the good rides. And like they go onto a roller coaster and the security guard is st- sitting next to Rusty. And he's like, I don't have good memories about this one. He's like, well, why don't you have good memories about this one? Like, I puked I, once. Yeah, I puked on this ride. I mean, and yeah. Then, yeah. I won't ride rides where I puked on either. I won't That's ride fair. rides. That's also fair. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that reminds some, some of, of these rides were actually triggering my like badness with roller coasters. Badness? I don't know. What would you describe it as? Inefficiency? PTSD? <laughs> like I don't know if phobia would be because it's not like eh, it's kind of fear I of almost, it, but more yeah. not like like how I'm with needles, I guess. Oh yeah. So yeah, they're like but, it's a little yeah. montage of them going on the rides. It's like da 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 da. And, and also while like everything. also while they're going on the rides, like. Clark just has the gun pointed at the security guard the entire time, and the yeah. guy just looks scared. And while all this is happening, we also get to see shots of police and SWAT unloading yeah, into and the SWAT park. Are coming to uh, come and arrest them because there's a hostage situation yeah. at the bar uh, at this world's biggest uh, amusement park. And surprisingly, having a pistol does not scare a security guard seven hundred feet away. <laughs> Weirdly <laughs> what? enough. Yeah, that's all happening during this montage, and then eventually the security guard tells him, "Like, I don't think you're gonna shoot me," kind of thing. And no, like, I don't think that's a real gun. Oh, yeah, I don't think it's a real gun. I think that's a BB gun. Clark, did you get a BB gun? It, it doesn't matter. It could, like, I could shoot you with this, and it gets stuck under your skin. It can and it pierce gets, your skin. It, it pierce your skin. And you can get infected. It doesn't work that way. Like, this is really why we have orange tips on BB guns. Nowadays. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, this legitimately is reasons why we have orange tips on toy guns. But so, yeah, yeah, like, uh, he's, but, yeah, he's so like, you know, security guard's trying to leave. Yeah, he's trying to leave, and he shoots him in the ass with the BB gun, and <laughs> then like, he gets Ow. back. Yeah, and then he just gets back and sits down on the roller coaster after he shoots him. He's like, I told you, I told you, I, <laughs> I told you, I'd shoot you. I'm crazy, I'm crazy. But then after they ride this next ride, uh, which it actually even shows the name of the roller coaster, but I forgot it what it was. Twister Bister, something like that. Something. <laughs> so they ride the Twister Bister, <laughs> and. Uh, Whenever they get off, like SWAT team just like show up out of nowhere and tell them to freeze, <laughs> and tell them to put their hands up and to spread them and to get up against the wall, and then also I guess one thing that I forgot to uh, say is like one of the jokes that they made during this scene was uh or uh, was the mom looking at the kids going like, kids you better have fun right now because your dad might be going away for a long time yeah. after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Very so good. they're getting lined up. Uh, the SWAT team's ready to take them down, and then a a very silly car shows up whoa it's roy wally which looks like a knockoff walt disney it clearly is a knockoff walt disney very much and like he asks like you know what's going on in my park and like has like this little touching 80s moment where clark goes and talks to uh walt disney yeah roy wally (laughs) and tells him he's like he's like all right we drove through hell to get here and we just wanted to have fun and don't you have kids yourself it's like yeah i have seven kids 
And I was like, isn't or hasn't been chaotic? Like it's like, oh yeah, I remember I drove him down to Florida, Florida. at one point in time. It's like now imagine if you went yeah, there and Florida you drove was to Florida closed. and Florida's closed. <laughs> they, they don't, don't close, close Florida. The state. <laughs> but imagine. Yeah, it's like, but I want to take my kids somewhere. And uh, whenever I, I told him I could take you anywhere in the world, and you know where they said they wanted to go? And Rusty looks at him and says, Hawaii. Shut up, Russ. Audrey, where'd you say? Wally World. See, they wanted to go to Wally World. Would you do the same for your kids? No. (laughs) No, 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 I wouldn't. wouldn't. (laughs) But the speech convinces Mr. Wally himself... And he lets him off being. A I don't rich even think man. it was a speech. I think it was just like he. He's like, ah, oh, these people are the dangerous. I'm ramblings gonna... of a madman convince yeah. <laughs> Wally himself, and he lets him off with a little slap on the wrist. Yeah, it's just like, oh, I'm not gonna press charges, and like the movie just like legitimately ends with with all of them on all the roller of them, coaster, including the guys in the SWAT team riding the roller coaster. <laughs> Happy ending. Happy yeah. New Year. Now we get credits of all the postcards of the places that they visited. Yeah, with yeah. all of them taking pictures. Are ending with them just taking a plane ride home. Because that just yes. makes more sense. So, yeah, that's National Lampoon's vacation. It's quite a trip. It is. For lack it's of very a better fast term. paced and crazy and sad, but in a funny you way. Jokes, caught you off guard with the jokes. Yeah, which I think all good comedies do. Gotta catch you off guard sometimes. Yeah. Like, this is something, if you've ever been on a road trip, you kind of could see. Like, so they don't go how you expect all the times. So I. My parents, my dad got mad at me because I was like, hey, we need to kind of get home soon because I have school. (laughs) (laughs) I missed my first day of high school. Nice. (laughs) So I guess out of a 1 in 10 rating, E, what would you give this movie? 7. Okay. Dry, what would you give this movie? (laughs) Uh, I like it a whole, whole, whole lot. But like I was saying earlier, I honestly do like Christmas Vacation a lot more. I don't know what That's it is fair. about it. I think it's just funnier and has better situational comedy in some ways. Uh, I'm a little more nostalgic for it, I guess. That's fair. Um, Christmas is a holiday, whereas summer is not. So I would say I would put the other movie higher than this, so I think I would have to put this at a 7. Uh, so that leaves it to you, Robbie. What would you give it? It's better than just like the average movie because like this is also once again a very beloved movie. It does show its age quite a bit. Uh, there are some very politically incorrect jokes along with some kind of grisly jokes like the one with the dog. But what about a number that you could give this movie, Robbie? So I think I would give it the same because like I said, it's very much a beloved movie. It is a classic. It's not a perfect movie despite all the those things. I'd say I'd also give it about a 7 out of 10. It's definitely worth a watch. Not the greatest comedy movie you'll ever see though. Wow, so we're just all in agreement on this one, though. Yeah. Apparently, that's it's a rarity, but we do agree sometimes. I think the last time was on Forrest Gump, where I think we all gave it like a nine. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. And then uh, to answer some questions from earlier, the estimated budget for this movie was fifteen million, uh, made eight point three opening weekend, and then grossed uh, sixty one million worldwide. <laughs> so pretty good for a comedy, actually. Also, in the box office, apparently it, it beat Return of the Jedi and Jaws three D. Jaws 3D makes sense. Why would you want to watch Jaws 3D? But Jaws was also a very popular movie. The back Return in the time. of the Jedi part does hurt a little bit. A little bit, yeah. But Which I guess I can see that? it at is that, that point. Five? That's six. Six. But yeah, it said that it was the third highest grossing com- or comedy. Yeah, Ever. Tra- besides Trading Places and Mr. Mom, which was also written by the same guy. Yeah, that man fucking owned the eighties. Yeah, he did. So apparently, the reason why they had like that super cheesy ending at the end of it is because the original ending was despised by the audience. (laughs) 
Hughes concluded a t- torturous Griswold vacation by depicting Clark driving to, to Roy Wally's home, bursting in, shooting him in the leg, and then forcing Wally and his cohorts to sing and dance at gunpoint. Griswold <laughs> was then taken to jail. Uh, Ram is shot at, or as written, but the test audience on the Warner lot proved what Hughes suspected, that home invasion wasn't going to play on film. <laughs> <laughs> So he rewrote the ending. The Griswolds enjoy their private bloodless Wally World experience, and Ram has hired Candy to play the security guard or for the reshoots. Huh. So yeah, that had a way darker ending. Yeah, yeah that would have been way less pleasant. Oh, yeah. I thought that due to the fact it was under inspection, one of the rides was just going to go off the tracks, and that's how it would end. <laughs> it's just them oh. dying in a yes. roller coaster accident. Well, I'm glad neither of those happened. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's it was a cheesy dumb ending, but it's better than the it's alternative. It's a cheesy dumb movie. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Kinda, it's very on par for yeah. the or nineteen eighty three for sure. I think that's gonna do it for us on this one, right? Yeah, I, I think, think so. so. That's all I really had fun fact wise. And so I uh, think next week, I think you're in charge of next week's e. Oh boy, I think so. So oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. That means you got to do all the research. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next week might be a pretty short episode. We'll see. Um, like we were saying earlier, 50-50 on whether Robbie's going to be on it or not, depending on what happens with all this move stuff going on. Hopefully I can show up. Hopefully. Yeah. If not, we're going to try and get a special guest on. But if you want to get a hold of us, you can do that at Last Ones In on Twitter or the Last Ones In on Facebook. If you want to shoot us an email, that is the Last Ones In podcast at gmail.com. Again, that is the Last Ones In podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of our thoughts or tell us your thoughts. Hopefully we see you guys next time. See you and talk at you next week. Bye. See ya. If you would like to watch along with us before listening to the episode, you can check it out on... Hulu. Oh, yeah, that'll work. And Julu. Yeah. Uh, And Julu. (laughs) Which is just for Hasidic people, actually. Hitch a ride in this hilarious high def... Oh. High def, wow. Take two. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta get a job where you can wear shorts then. I'm trying. That's kind of this whole... <laughs> that's why he's becoming a game designer. He can wear whatever the fuck yeah. he wants while he's You ever designing. see like pictures where they get like the entire office and then there's like two guys who look like me? Those are the designers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are the coders and designers. Yep. There's definitely a warning. We just don't have money for a siren yet to give you a full warning. <laughs> definitely a siren. We let the cat in. That was my siren voice. So we let the siren cat back. Oh my god, a sailor! (laughs) A sailor? What? Yeah, my siren voice. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking god damn it. (laughs) That joke was so bad it was good. (laughs) It went full. It looped. Oh yeah.